Welcome to episode 110 of the Sussex by the Sea podcast. I'm your host Chris Saverick and on the SBTS we try to get a flavour of our local football here in East Sussex but in particular the club I follow for my sins, Hastings United. On episode 110 I have an extended and insightful interview with new news boss Chris Agatha and of course some of your questions. Then we have the SBTS fan round table. And in a packed RT, we have special guests, Stan from Lewis, Rob from Folkestone, and of course, that Terry from Margate. Enjoy, SPTS fans. And now over to my chat with news boss, Chris Agata. Right, it gives me great pleasure to have English Jose, Chris Agata back. It's wonderful stuff. Uh, originally, I remember interviewing you, Chris. Uh, you wouldn't remember this, but episode seven of this podcast, we're up to episode 110 now. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, the hair's looking as great as always. Um, it's thinning. I'm having to push it forward now because I, I can't sweep it back anymore because of my hairline. Shocking. Well, we're, I'm great, I think I've mate. got about three haircuts left, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for this, Chris, and good morning. No, pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. It's been, was it about two-ish years since you left? Yeah. 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 Now, uh, for those that don't know, because we, we have had a, a number of newer fans come in, so... Uh, you, you then moved on to a, a position at Stevenage. Yeah. That was a kind of academy role, wasn't it, as I remember? Yeah, so I got I got offered the, um, so it's a, called a professional development phase lead. So that was basically uh, overseeing the 21s and 18s at Stevenage. Um, but when I was offered that role, as I was offered it, the first team manager at the club ended up um, leaving the club. So for the initial sort of month that I was at Stevenage, I ended up... Um, working with the first team on an interim basis um, between one manager and then Paul Tisdale, who eventually come in. So I sort of um, wanted to step away from first team football and have a and bit of a brief. straight in it. And then got asked to go straight back into it again. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, you were on the telly, weren't you? Chris, I'm sure there was a cup game or something. You were on the telly? Yeah, yeah well, so on the so I got offered, I met them on a Friday and then on the, got offered the job on the Sunday and then we had MK Dons in the FA Cup first round on the Tuesday. So the first time I met the group was in the changing room before the MK Dons game where Blimey. I'd imagine every single one of them thought, who's this guy? So it was um, it was a whirlwind, but brilliant. I mean, it, within, within a month, I'd gone from being at the pilot field to just as as I said against MK Dons in the FA Cup first round, trying to figure out um, how to get the best of Liam Manning, who um, was flying at the time at MK. So yeah, it was a, it, it was a great example of how crazy football can be, to be honest. Yeah. So I mean, it's, uh, your, your time there, you were there for about what was it about 
six months to a year at, St- at oh, I was there for a year. Yeah. I, was, I was at Stevenage for a year. Um, so we'd done, done four games with the first team, um, which was great. And there was an opportunity to stay part of the first team there. But as I said, one of the reasons I sort of stepped away from the first team but originally was I needed a break. Yeah. Um, I needed to sort of mentally recharge and refresh. Um, so I turned that first team opportunity down at Stevenage and just took up my role um, as the PDP lead. Um, as I said, looking after the 21s and 18s and it was brilliant. Uh, great club, great people, really looked after us as well. Uh, uh, it was a challenge because I was travelling up there most days, especially for the first seven, eight months. And then Stevenage were really good, ended up putting me up in hotels and uh, host families to sort of try and ease the, the challenges of the travelling. But yeah, no, the year was brilliant. Um, yeah. Worked with great people. So Paul Tisdale, um, top man, very, very good coach. Um, Ronnie Henry, you know, he's become a friend, to be honest. He's brilliant, uh, brilliant to work with. And then Steve Evans and Paul Rayner came in. So that was, yeah, there was, um, that was interesting, like seeing a different way of working, but ultimately you can't sort of take away from the success he's had. So, yeah, no, it was a re- really good year. Um, challenging year, as I said, because of travelling. Yeah, that must have been. I wanted to rest. Well, I wanted to rest and sort of recuperate yeah. and, and as step away from first team stuff just to recharge. But then I found myself yeah. doing hundreds of miles every week. Um, but, you know, that's football. Sometimes uh, you got you got to do those things to sort of try and try and move forwards. Yeah. And, and then obviously the Brighton uh, opportunity came up. Was that they, they had contacted yeah. you or you'd put some feelers out for somewhere nearer? Or? Uh, it was a bit, a bit of both, to be honest. Yeah. Um, there was a the job that happened, obviously, because I worked there um, sort of quite a while ago. They... Um, they uh, there's there people there that I knew and just a few conversations and turned into um, John job interviews and um, yeah I mean we, I took a Stevenish team down to play Brighton and we were we were very good on mm. the night so I think that that went a long way to sort of helping me um, get the role um, yeah. but as I said I, I had existing relationships there as well so. Uh, yeah, went for an interview process and, and got offered the job, which was great. Um, great opportunity, which um, really exciting at the time. Yeah, and and that was to work with the sort of kids the same age, sort of like that twenty threes, nineteens again. Uh, this was um, so they, the club have got a different type of model. It's quite you know it's quite well documented. Um, they have a specialist coaching model, so they do in possession um, coaches, out of possession coaches. So rather than um, uh, a traditional lead and assistant, uh, mm. which is um, it's less of the norm now. I mean, more and more clubs are sort of coming up with more innovative ways to um, structure their coaching um, program. But as I said, Brighton was uh, in possession, out of possession coaches. So you found yourself working across okay. uh, and up and ages uh, in possession, out of possession. So I mean, I worked predominantly with the 15s and 16s, and then. And, uh, but they also included uh, a game away at Aston Villa with the 18s. So that was, was was good experience. It was it was different to what I've done before. So it was, uh, as I said, I'm 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 happy all the time. I feel like I'm challenged and and learning. And and that was definitely a different type of challenge and a different learning experience, which was good. Yeah, with um, obviously I've always wanted to ask that with Stevenage, obviously the facilities were better better than at Hastings, but I'll, that's soon going to change. Well, we all know that. But the um, what's the difference between say that Stevenage and the Brighton sort of that that sort of level of facilities? If you could sort of fill us in on oh, that, uh, Brighton's like Disneyland. Uh, yeah. To be honest, it's uh, 
in terms of like the facility is unbelievable. Um, so yeah, it's it's state of the art. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's uh, within that within that environment. There should be no excuses really. Mm. Um, top players. So yeah, no, it's a yeah, fantastic fantastic building. So, but that that to be honest is the going rate now across across the country in terms of like top end Premier League academies. I mean, every um, every Saturday, Sunday, you midweek or whenever you've got a game, you're going to an unbelievable uh, state of the art facility, which is yeah, which is, which is great. But it, you know, it's not all. As I said, there's pros and cons to that um, because whether that's the reality of what um, a majority of the boys are going to face when they're older, I'm not so sure. So, um, but as I said, as a working environment, it's a fantastic, fantastic facility. I was going to actually touch on that in terms of the getting players ready. Because um, I do hear a lot of the time, a lot of people say that academy football doesn't get those players ready for adult football, and a lot of p- people sit in academies and then almost disappear. I mean, what do you think about that, Chris? Uh, I, I just think it's the. <clears throat> I think if you look at any elite sport, I think the the reason it's it is elite is it's very difficult to get there. Yeah. Um, so I always think the the numbers in terms of those that are successful getting to the top are always going to be. Uh, relatively small because of just the demands of the elite level of the game. But um, no, I, I, I wouldn't want to knock the academy program because, as I said, I think there's far more positives um, to the to the process as a whole as opposed to negatives. Obviously, there's, there's going to be a trade-off in everything. Um, yeah. So what you may, like, you know, it, it depends as well what you're preparing the boys for. Mm. Are you preparing for League Two, League One? And you could argue... If you're at a top Premier League club, you're not. You're preparing them for for international football and Premier League football, and you know um, a world class um, challenge. So what I would say is, is I think with the environments that the boys um, spend most of their time in, in terms of what they're trying to prepare them for, that that's the ideal. That's the end game. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think with everything, there's there's a there's a balance and there's a trade off. You, you you get some things and you lose other things and it's really sort of trying to prioritize what you're going after really i don't i don't think what i don't what i don't think you can do is try and do everything because then yeah. you'll end up doing i think you've yeah. got to put your flag in the um flag in the sand and go, this is what we're doing and um if it doesn't meet certain um boxes or tick certain boxes then so be it mm. okay right then right back at hastings um yes let's see very happy you're here Okay, so Chris, you come in after the Barnes experiment, um, which started brightly but uh, faded quite strongly. Um, and you've come in. I know, I know that you you'd seen a couple of the games. I mean, first of all, where do you think things went wrong? And then after that, Chris, with with almost the same team, with uh, three three or four players leaving, the, the results have been so much different, but also the performances have been so much different. What do, what what do you think? Was the first of all the problem there, and and what what sort of tweaks have you made to kind of change things? I think it's difficult. I think it's difficult to sort of comment too much on on Barnes's time at the club um, because what I would say is, is from the outside you only get a snapshot of what's really going on. But what I would say is, and I think of why we've had success as a club over the last five years, it's been doing things a certain way on the foundation of a core of local players that have an affinity with the club that have a relationship with this fan base probably have family members that are in the fan base um couple that with four or five academy players that have come through the system at the club that again have got that strong connection 
uh, and that that bond with the club, with two or three players coming in from further afield that are the right type of character. Mm. And I, th- I think that model has been, well, it's been successful, hasn't it? Uh, so my, and I, I think there's certain clubs where where identities are a little bit stronger and a little bit more deeply embedded. And I think especially with like seaside towns and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I don't know whether or not it is a fact of location, but there's, there seems to be something different about a Hastings and about a Worthing and about a Bogner. And I think part of that will be recruitment because simply players need to travel a million miles to get to the football club, for one. Yeah. Uh, but then equally for our local players to leave Hastings United or to um, travel further afield, it is that far that, you know, that, you know, the challenges around the travel, it becomes that much more difficult. So I just, I just feel like that um, what the club and the identity of the team should be is, is as I said, a core of local players, players that have a connection with the club. Um, I just think it's built for that. As I said, with, you know, that doesn't mean that if you live 20 minutes from the ground that, that you're, um, you know, you're just going to get an opportunity equally. You've got to be good mm. enough to represent the football club and, and perform on the pitch and put a level of performance in which is um, which is demanded and which the supporter base deserves, really. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's one of those things It's probably difficult to quantify a little bit, but there's just something different about Hastings. There's something different, as I said, about these seaside clubs that mm. uh, I think there's a certain way of doing it, um, and especially for it to be sustainable as, as well, because unless you've got a bottomless pit of money where you can recruit players from here, there and everywhere. Um, I just can't see it being sustainable, to be honest. And ultimately, I don't think that's the best way to win games as well. You you, you want you want men representing the shirt. As I said, that have a connection. That You know, we've got four or five lads that have played in the last couple of games that have been here since they was 10, 11. Mm. So, you know, I think that, and I think one, that means that the club is that much more important to them. But also, too, the supporters will see that and almost be more forgiven of that as well. If you know you've got a local lad that's given his heart and soul to something that he is fully invested in, I think the supporters will go, do you know what, that's fair enough. Like He's given us everything. Yeah, it might not be perfect, which the last two games definitely haven't been. But I think if you've got that um, that type of lad on the pitch, I think it makes a huge difference. I just think it's mutually beneficial. That, the fact that I'm probably a bit vague around that is because I, you know, as I said, it's just a feeling I have. Like when I come back into the building, when I come and watch a couple of games, like it's just a feeling that, you know, this club and the players on the pitch, you know, it demands a certain type. And and I think, and I think it's, um, I think if you get that right, I think it can fly. Um, but then equally, as I said, I think if the supporters can see lads that are out there that are given everything um, where there's a connection, um, I think you can't really go wrong with it, to be honest. Certainly not. Certainly not. Okay, Axel, you took you took this. Let's talk about you. You you this opportunity coming up. Um, what what brought you back? I mean, I, and obviously you were interviewed by the, the ownership. Um, mm. How how did they sell the club to you? Or did you did you need the club selling to you? Were you already? No, I didn't need it selling to me at all. Obviously, I, I looked at academy football and couple that with after the first period of time in first team football I was I was I was knackered uh, I think I've said it to Chris I was I was I was tired like we've done just under five years and working across the 18s 19s 21s first team done over 450 games of football I was tired and I needed a break and rather than 
um, sit there and not um, do the club justice and do the role justice, I ended up stepping away. Um, as I said, that was I, I think that was 70% of my decision there. And then there's an opportunity that comes up to work in academy football and I've always wanted to do that on a full-time basis. And and uh, I've, I've scratched that itch, couple that with, I feel like I've recharged and um, refreshed. And also I've you know, had a couple of years where I've realised that I've, I think I'm best in first-team football. That's the that's the, the journey I want to go on. It's more risky. It's not as safe. But, um, you know, life's, life's too short. You've got to take risks and you've got to have a go. And what I would say is... is it's interesting because when you're at, when I was originally at Hastings, and uh, as I said, I and I've said it repeatedly, it was, you know, it was it was amazing. And again, like with my previous answer around what this club represents and you know what it demands, it, it's a, it is it is special. And I'm I'm not just saying that it is special. So when when I sort of had the opportunity to come back, I didn't think twice to be honest. And yeah, it's just as I said, this this is where I want to be. This is this is the the, the journey I want to go on, and I, th- I think I can do it as well. I, th- I think I think I can have a positive impact at the club. What I wouldn't want to do is come back into this environment and not be a success, and maybe undermine some of the positive experiences and memories that we've had from the previous um, experience. So, yeah, you started, all right? yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I think so. Yeah, but it's it's but it, it, again, it's a it's a project I can get my teeth stuck into. As I said, I've. I've had a couple of years away from it and I go, you know, I want to do this. I want to have a real good gut list. And as I said, you know, we're better than Hastings. Um, I want to, I want to try and help the club move forwards. Um, I think I, I think I know how we can go about that. Um, it's a very united front as well. So you've got everyone pulling in the, in the, in the right direction, in the same direction. So, <clears throat> you know, what, why, why wouldn't you take this opportunity um, when it comes up? No. I'm happy, mate. They've, they've you've, you've bit their hands off. You've come back. In terms of what what the club can do, because we had before previous, uh, I, I did an interview with Paul Barnes, and it was all budgets and all these things come out and social media, whatever. Mm. But in terms of what the club's offering now, and is it uh, steady ship? Is it um, reasonable targets? What what? What, what 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 can you tell us? Because we obviously don't know want to know everything, but like well, in terms of well, no, the club's well, vision. Well, because obviously I'm <clears throat> ever since I've, I I left Hastings originally, I've always followed um, the club, and you know when I saw Gaz drive it forwards like he done, um, and eventually got the club over the line in terms of promotion. It was you know as I said, I, I've been there every step of the way. Like mm. when when um, there was talk of budgets and things like that and, and financial challenges. Obviously you hear it when you follow the club and you're like, well, that's interesting. Mm. Um, but all I can say is this is the best situation I've seen Hastings in since I've been involved at the club. So from my previous time in terms of financial support, in terms of clear direction, you know, what we're going after, this um, this period that I'm in now, walking through the door, this is the best situation I've seen Hastings in, and I think probably probably what sort of um, shows that more than anything is the fact I'm leaving a Premier League football club in a very steady job yeah. to join Hastings United. I think that maybe or hopefully shows that um, things are very settled and the plan is very clear, the direction is is very clear, and and there's 
there's real clarity around expectations. We know what we want to do. And equally, the financial support is there um, for us to fulfil those ambitions. So, yeah, it's, um, it's it's a good time. As I said, well, when you hear as I said, question marks around finances and things like that, you obviously do worry because you you you, you have a history with the club and you're investing in the club and you want the club to move forward. You, what you don't want it to do is put five years of hard work in for that then to all be undermined and fall apart. Like you want it to keep moving forwards. Yeah. So then when when I spoke to the owners and the picture was made very clear, it's like, oh, we're in a really good place. Like, you know, we're, we're we're all right. We we can which again just makes it even more exciting in terms of right, let's let's see what we what we can do. Good. Oh, very good. Ags, obviously a few ins and outs since you've uh come in, Aggie. Um yeah. one a massive one in, in particular, obviously Craig Stone leaving, um, someone who uh, had done some great great service for Hastings in in previous years played through the pain barrier well been magnificent for a number of years for us in defense I mean any any words you got about Stoney uh, nothing but positives obviously I, um I I've tried to persuade him to come here for about 18 months before we eventually signed him so um I've known him from when we worked together at Eastbourne Borough he's uh you know he's proper man proper proper human being does what he says he's going to do Actions speak louder than words. I mean, he's he's won about a million promotions. Um, he said when he came in, he was going to come here and get his uh, whatever number of promotion it was, and he's done that. You know, he's been really loyal to the club. As I said, he's, it's it's a big, big loss. It's a big loss for us. Um, I would much rather him still be in the building, um, but ultimately, I think when you've given the service that he's given, you need to be respectful of. Uh, when they believe it's time to call it a day, um, and uh, and I think the clubs, I think the clubs done that whilst putting the clubs' best interests at heart and making sure that we've you know come to a really positive arrangement with Ramsgate. Uh, we've also respected Stoney's wishes of, of um, going in a different direction, and so I think I think the way the whole situation has been dealt with has been really classy. No animosity, everyone everyone's um, come out of it in a, in a positive place because what we wouldn't want to do is have somebody in the building that didn't want to be here. Yeah, exactly. uh, no matter how yeah, no matter how good they are. I mean, Stoney, Stoney will be the best centre-back at this level. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident in that right, in terms of his all-round game and his experience and you know, what he can still bring to the table. So um, it is a big loss, but ultimately like you, you, you want people here that, like I've alluded to earlier, they're all pulling in the same direction. And as I said, Stone has been a brilliant servant to the club and and deserves that that opportunity to leave on his terms. Yeah, and he'd probably get himself another promotion with Ramsgate. Um, yeah, well, good for, well, good luck to him. I mean, again, one of my favourite moments of Stoney with you weren't here at the time was uh, Stoney in his underpants uh, on top of the bar uh, doing a nice dance. But we we won't go there. Yeah, no, I, I don't know why that's one of your best moments, Chris. But... <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, it doesn't too. surprise. Doesn't yeah. surprise me. No, just, no. As I say, uh, a good guy. And obviously, Malcolm uh, as well. His dad, uh, who I still yeah. keep in contact with, the uh, good bloke. And um, yeah, do wish him well. Um, but also, you've got someone. You've got older uh, Tommy Penfold in, who, who we met. Um, so the lads that were coming down, we've met at the. Uh, it wasn't the Margate game. It was the uh, hash. The fake. The fake team. Hashtag United. That we. Uh, <laughs> Made short, short, sharp shrift of. Um, uh, well, we won the game anyway. But uh, <laughs> Tommy uh, met him proper, proper centre half. Uh, he 
He ticked all the boxes. Firm handshake as well, which is always very important. And, uh, you know, come on, did a role. Talk about a bit, a bit about Tommy and why you signed him, Ags. Uh Tommy, I, I coached Tommy when he was 12, 13. Um, and he was a five-foot-nothing, skinny, left-winger, right-winger, sometimes a number 10, dribbler, would go past people. Obviously, fast-forward... 10, 11 years. Um, he's now six foot five, left footed centre back. So yeah, he's, um, he's he was at Kennington, like won their Young Player of the Year. Uh, then got a move to Cray, played consistently for Cray this year. Um, we saw an opportunity, like obviously with Stoney leaving, we needed to reinforce uh, our central defence, and so that we you know we saw an opportunity there where we thought, as I said, left footed centre back, six foot five, mm. great. Like great character, great personality, really good family around him as well. Um, the right type of person you want in the building. Um, wants to improve, wants to wants to kick on, you know. And if he can do that with Hastings, then brilliant. Um, wants to be coached as well. So like, that was one of the things that when we spoke around him coming in was, he, you know, he, he definitely knows he's not the finished article, and he, he he wanted to see his game move in the right direction, and, and felt that. We were the best environment to do that. Um, couple that with giving him a, a level of football which um, which is clearly capable of playing. So, so yeah, no, it's um, brilliant, brilliant, um, brilliant addition. Uh, the, 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 I know it sounds cheesy, but the biggest thing is he's a proper, he's a proper young man. Like he's like the the, the first team that we built, you know, was built on let's get good people in the building first. Uh, if you can do that, and you get a group of young men that. As I said, that's what we said earlier on, that want to fight for the club, yeah. um, that potentially have that affinity and connection with the club. You know, that when, even on a bad day, they still give you a six, seven out of 10 performance, you know, when their touch isn't perfect and it's not quite happening, they, they, they've got it in them to, to grind and work and grit it out. That's, that's, that's what, that's what we want. Um, you know, worst case, like I could get all the tactics wrong and the, the, the team be all over the place, but we'd always be competitive because of the type of character we've got out on the pitch. So, um, Tommy's, um, yeah, Tommy's ideal for that. Yeah. He, he definitely, yeah. Seemed that way. And he's only yeah. just come in there. We, we got half an hour. Did he go half an hour? In 45 minutes. Yeah. We, 45? We, oh, did, yeah. we needed to make some changes because it was a matter of time till hashtag, um, got we on won the game. That. We won yeah. the game, Aggie, yeah? yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'll tell you this now, as just honestly, as, as a fan, that, that that team would, six weeks ago, even four weeks ago, would not have got a result. Uh, we would have, we'd have been hammered. The, 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 the effort levels are, are completely different now. The, the, the Georges of the world would say, we've got our Hastings back. There's definitely a passion for wearing that shirt again, it would seem. Uh, and that might just be that the levels have dropped so low. No, I, I think credit credit to the... The lads really like when I think of the first team that I inherited and we were I think we were twenty first in the league and in the league below and it was pretty bleak. This group is completely different. Like, this is a this is a really good group of first and foremost good people. Some very, very, very good players in there as well. So when as as I said, like when, when I walked into I spoke to all the players individually before the Margate game. Obviously, there was concerns around new manager coming, big changes, team getting ripped apart, and I was really keen to to point out that's not going to happen. Like we've we've got we've got a really competitive side that can, I think, meet the demands of the owners, meet the expectations of supporters. I, I think we've got that already. It just needed a bit of tweaking, maybe 
um, a different type of stamp on it. You know, obviously I can't comment on what the expectations were previously, but my, my feet, I can only talk about what I can see and yeah. my feeling that it's a, it's a really good group of players with one or two. And as I said, like certain type of organisation, it can be really competitive and do what, what the club demands. Yeah. I mean, a big sort of shout to the, some of the London lads that are still there, like obviously like the John Ufers and... Uh... The, the thing is, Chris, we've, we've always had lads that have travelled in. Mm. Um, like Daniel Adjikai, Lamrazis, Hass Ibrahim, uh, Charlie Horlock, Craig Stone, Gary Elphick, Sam Bill, like there's like Youssef Bamba. Like when I when I go through all of the, the players that we've worked with, I've, I've definitely forgotten some. <laughs> Manny, Manny Mensa, uh, Jamal Howlett Mundell. Like we've we've always had lads that have mm. travelled in. Um, it's just making sure that they're they're here for the right reasons. That's yeah. that's the big. Like you you want as I said if you you know like, like we've got like Sam McCoy and Charlie Granger traveling in nearly two and a half hours, but I think they see the direction that we want to go in, mm. um, the way that we want to play. They see the support base and the fan base. Like they know it's a it's a big club, um, and I think they know they're going to improve as well. That's a big thing for especially with this. No, no, to be fair, with every lad that I've worked with, you know. Like if you get the right type of person, they want to improve, they want to get better. Um, so what I mean, is, what I'm saying is, is we've always had lads travel in, but it's always been for the right reason. And I think it's always really important as well that if you are bringing players in from further afield, um, not only are they the right type of person, but also you need to consider what's already in the building. Yeah. So you've got a Jamal Lubanga in the building, who, as I said, has been here since he was 11, 12. Yeah. Real connection with the club. His family will come and watch him. He's invested in the club. Equally, the supporters know he's he's homegrown and one of ours, which means there's going to be more patience with him. There's yeah. going to be there's a deeper connection right, between players and supporter. What you don't want to be doing is blocking his pathway to the first team if he's good enough. Um, and that that's what I have been keen to say to the lads as well. Like Just because you live in Hastings and you come through the academy doesn't mean you're going to get the opportunity. You've got to be good. And then equally, just because you're travelling from further field doesn't mean you're going to get moved on because you're not from Hastings. Ultimately, it's about putting a team on the pitch, as I said, that can meet the expectations of the club, that can move the club in the right direction, but also something the supporters can buy into. and and Because um, that's a powerful thing. Like I think I said it to you the other week. It's almost like the Newcastle of, of non-league. Right? I think if, 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 if you can... If you can meet the demands of supporters, the supporters, like our supporters, will, will you know, will go wherever they need to go with you, right? mm. and, and back you one hundred percent. Like against Margate, as soon as we concede the goal, Lock and Hill is our, our supporters, mm. and I, I think part of that will be because they know they've got players on the pitch that are trying their best and and uh, you know are, are trying to trying to represent the club in the right way. So with that in mind, it's a powerful thing that if we can if we can really play on that connection with the supporters and make sure we put a team on the pitch which that can buy uh, that you guys can buy into, then you know like the old twelfth man stuff. It's a bit of a cliche, but I've, I've seen it. I've seen it where we've had penalties given. They're never penalties. Like never. I can remember it was in one of our. It was the last game in the in the COVID year where we'd just gone six points clear at the top. We had the game in hand and we were playing Whitstable at home. I can remember it, and um, <laughs> and uh, it was Lamrazi. That's probably Robbie. That's probably Robbie. Uh, he, he likes to influence refs. Well, but do you know what? It was Lamrazi's. Lamrazi mm. went jinked past a couple of players in the box, and it was one of the worst dives I've ever seen. 
No, he anticipated but, contact. Come on. But the roar behind <laughs> the roar in the Steve Smith stand mm. meant the referee decision. So longest way ever of saying that if we can, as I said, give something in terms of type of football and the, the players on the pitch, something for the supporters to get behind, then that's a, that's a pretty powerful thing. That's words there, Aggie. Right. Right. It's just from uh, Peter Thomas Edmonds. Uh, sends this one in. A little bit of a quick fire for you, Ags. Yeah. Prefer playing on 3G or grass? Pilot field grass. Yeah, yeah, I don't think there's any substitute for that that quality of surface. Um, as I said, it's on the world's biggest pitch as well. So, yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd definitely go pilot field grass. Good answer. Right. Uh, prefer playing with solid defence or lively attack? Mm, can't I can't separate the two because, I, for, for me, one of the best forms of defence is having the ball. So, And if you attack well and you're organised on the ball... Uh, as I said, but when we're when we're like organising a team, we're not just and we've got the ball. We're not solely thinking about putting the ball in net. We're also thinking about well, if we lose the ball in this situation, we need to be in this position. So mm. they come hand in hand. If you attack well, you'll defend well, and if you defend well, you'll attack well. That's that's uh, yeah. I'd, I'd struggle to separate it. Yeah. Okay. Right. And um, do you prefer possession based or fast breaks football? Depends. Really. Uh, it depends on what. If we get, <laughs> what the game demands to be honest mm. that depends on what what players you've got depends on um depends on what the opposition are doing as well i mean i think ultimately uh, if you've got my, my well, that sounds really basic but my my big thing is if you've got the ball the other t- the other team can't score that, that's and one of the things i would say is that traditionally had a really decent defensive record and part mm. of that is not only we were good off the ball and we had some very good individuals um, that were very good um, at keeping the ball out of our net. But it's also because we had an awful lot of the ball. Uh, and, you know, if you can limit the opposition to over a 96-minute game to having the ball 40% of the time, you're, you're probably going to concede less. So, But then within that, what I would say is, and it's something that we were trying to do against Hashtag, um, we, we recognise that they they were quite aggressive in their press, Um so we felt that almost from our own goal kicks, we could create counter-attacking type situations, yeah. bringing a lot of people under the ball, playing the first one short to then really make them commit to then play into a 3v3 in big spaces. And when you got John Afua, Teo Ayabola, Freddie Legg, Sam, uh, Sam McCoy in big spaces 1v1, mm. you, you get success. So um, longest answer ever of saying probably a mixed... <laughs> not, Sorry, it should be a quick fire, not a quick fire. Yeah, it just depends. There's so much, there's so many variables in that. No, of course there is. Well, again, I'll question you. Prefer playing out from the back or longer balls upfield? Um, depends. Like, depends, yeah. Like, so if, like, again, for me, if we're going to play longer passes, they have to be deliberate and we can't be smashing the ball up the pitch without a thought process. So, for example, but that was because we, as I said, wanted to play the first couple shorter, make them um, commit more numbers to yeah. uh, their press, which then means we're potentially 3v3 in bigger spaces, which then lends itself to going a little bit longer. So it just depends on what the opposition are doing. It wouldn't make yeah. sense. It, it wouldn't make sense to uh, say the opposition drops off. It wouldn't make sense to just chip the ball on top of all their numbers. Um, for me, it's, it's it's about creating spaces and then uh, playing accordingly. So, you know, as it, again, like the hashtag situation was, again, try and bring them under the ball, try and bring them towards the ball with shorter passes to then mm-hmm. go longer. It yeah. might be 
It might be because of the certain type of opposition or the certain players that we've got out on the pitch. It might be the opposite. It, ju- it just depends. Yeah. Okay. One, one last one on this one, which is a preferred plan with wing-backs or out-and-out wingers? Out-and-out wingers. Okay. Good. That, was quick. that was a quick answer, that one. <laughs> right, so he, he, Pete asks, in general, uh, what, what's the, the most... What have you learned most since being away? Anything to stand out? As I've learned a lot, which is the delay. I think just just it's reinforced a lot of things that um, probably originally thought uh, that was a big one. Uh, reinforced the importance of being honest and straight and being real and how far that can get you. Ultimately, when you're working with uh, the, the time at Stevenage, you, you walk into a first team changing room and you're thinking, you know, it's, we've got a couple of like internationals in there like that have played for their country. We've players that have played for Celtic, this is going to be, this is going to, you know, how how can I them and stuff like that. But then very quickly you realise they're just men that are slightly better at playing football. And that ultimately if you're honest and you're real and you've, you're humble enough as well to realise that you don't know everything. Yeah. I think that can go a long way. Um, and also uh, if you do know what you're talking about or you do know a fair bit, that can also go a long way. That's really sort of obvious, basic answers. Um, uh, all the confidence as well, because you because you you look at you look at that level of football and you think there's something going on there that you would never have considered or thought about, and it's mm. going to be this shiny, amazing oracle level of knowledge that you didn't think was out there, and then very quickly you go, oh, actually, like we were doing some really good stuff at Hastings, like mm. oh, oh, actually, I, I know a little bit more than what I thought I did. Um, so probably gained a little bit of confidence in terms of my own sort of uh, ability. Um, one of the other, I think also prioritising the priorities. So it's a bit like therapy, actually. So um, beforehand, uh, I've always been all or nothing, which is why I've done the 18s, 19s, 21s, first mm. team and at the club. I've always sort of thrown everything into it. Um, and, I, and I'm still the same, but I think I'm probably a little bit older and a little bit wiser in terms of Rather than trying to do 10 things and maybe doing them at a 7 out of 10, you're better off in the initial period attacking three or four things, do that 10 out yeah. of 10 or as best ability and then eventually get to doing the 10 things you need to do to the best level. Um, that, that's, yeah, prioritising the priorities. As I said, not definitely not taking the foot off the gas and not being all in because that's just the way I am. Like, right, where do you think we're the strongest? Defence, midfield or attack from what you've seen? Oh, I'm gonna get splinters on my ass here, but you are. I think I think I think it's a really good group. I think it's a really good group. Um, I don't I don't think we're a million miles off, to be honest. Um, across the board, I mean, I'd be surprised if there's many better goalkeepers in the league than Charlie Granger. Um, I look at the addition of Tommy, couple that with Ollie Black, some of the blocks that Jason has made over the course of the season, not just in the last two games. You know, there's loads to like there in midfield. If there's a better midfield player than Adam Lovett in the league, I'll be shocked. You know, we've got TT Walters, like Young Keen and Jamal have done great. Um, and then in forward areas like John, as I said, I tried to sign John when I was here before, when he was at Whitstable. Again, TT Walters tried to sign when he was at Herne Bay. And then you've got David, like David Teo. Like I thought Teo was great on Saturday. So um, I'm pretty happy with what we've got, to be honest. I, I wouldn't, I think it's a, it's a balanced team. Okay. So, you know, I, yeah, go on. Go on. Sorry, Gags, go on. No, I was just going to say I like it. I, I, I think it's loads to like. So, because the next question is, if you had a bit of a bigger budget, where would you get anyone in? But you, you're not going to answer that, are you? Mm, 
No, I, don't, I think, as I said, I think the, the, the pressing issue was to try and replace Craig Stone. Um, and now we've done that, albeit in a different way. Tommy is obviously a little bit younger and he's at a different stage in his journey, but ultimately in terms of like like for like, centre-back for centre-back, you know, we've done that. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty happy, you know. If, if he said, I've always been conscious of keeping a real tight tight group as well. Mm. Um, that was one of the, the standout learnings from the first year where we lost in the playoff semi-final against Ashford was the squad was too big. It was too bloated. Um, whereas um, what we've done after that we obviously stripped the squad back to around 14 senior players and then the rest of the 18-man squad would be academy players. So, And that that works relatively well for us, doesn't it? So mm. um, I think with that in mind and with the numbers we've got and the quality of players we've got, I don't, as I said, I'm, you, you, could put, you could put a massive check in front of us and I don't think there's a massive um, need for it. Or, or, or um, yeah, no, I, as, I, as I said, like, Going back to what you said earlier around financially and how we're looking, like we're in a really good place. So you know, uh, we we could, if we wanted to, go and go and make additions and be quite aggressive with that. But what I don't want to do is I don't want to bring someone in now and then they move on two weeks later because they're not the right fit. I want to make sure that they're the right type and that this is a longer term plan. So we're looking two, three years. So mm. Tommy Penn, when we when we spoke to Tommy, we're looking at two, three years, and I, yeah. uh, we, we want to. We want to build something, and what I don't want to do or is bring people in, and then they move on after two weeks. That's not that's not what the team needs, and I don't think I don't think any successful team's really been built on that. No, no, fair enough. Right then, uh, who's been the biggest influence on your career? Oh, well, there's a lot of people. Um, my, you know in terms of like impacting it, and that sounds a bit cheesy. It's probably my wife actually. Like, we could, we could, you're not no, even at no, home. You're not even. She's... No, I'm not even. She's not even like over yeah, my just shot. cut the odds away. <laughs> some of some, I, I initially went into full time coaching. I, I used to work in engineering, and mm. it was a good job. It was a really good job, and it was really well paid, and it was comfortable. And it was I, I can remember we were planning for our wedding, and and I, I I took an outrageous gamble and left financially. It was tough, and but she backed me all the way. Right, and and when <clears throat> as I said when. I've made big decisions before, like with the first decision where I was with Hastings and where I was, as I said, tired. And we we didn't have the next job lined up as much as what people may think. Like that was just before Christmas, but she could see that I was I was tired, and she just backed us. I said, I, I can't do it anymore, and I need a break. Yeah. And um, she just backed us, so she's had a massive influence because there's a lot. I've, I've so I've, and I've taken some steps and made jumps which I think less supportive people wouldn't have allowed to happen and ultimately that sort of led us to where I am now which is in first team football in in a great place at a big club looking uh, excited uh, you know and, and looking forwards really so that that would be the biggest um, personal influence and then obviously you've got the like more like football wise the obvious ones obviously Pep Guardiola, Johan Cruyff, Arsene Wenger, Sir Alex Ferguson like all of these greats that you you have to take, you know, we're all at a very different level with what I'm going to try to do. And as a as a first team manager, you know, you'd be you can't not take sort of um, influence from from those types of or well, the best in the game, Jose Mourinho as well. So, well, I was I was I'm a bit annoyed you didn't mention him straight away there, Aggie. But you know, being a gooner, you wouldn't, would you? 
And no, uh, well, no, I've always liked Jose Mourinho. I've, I've, I've always, I've always li- uh, quite liked. I would have liked him to have been the Arsenal manager. But, but yeah, no, that, that, and again, like the the lads that we've worked with as well, like Gary Elphick, Sammy Adams, Craig Stone, like Stoney, who's as I said won the millions of promotion. Gary Elphick, who's been there and done it, um, spending time with these people as well, like and working with them, you, you go, you know, they've had a they've had a big influence as well. Like Sam Adams, in terms of like the what does the ideal Hastings United captain look like, or what does your ideal captain look like? That's had an influence on us choosing Adam Lovett as our captain. You know, Sammy, like, he could shout and ball, and but ultimately his actions um, spoke louder than his words, and the way he led the group just by his pure. Just, he's just natural instinct and the way he carried himself. He, he just epitomised everything that we wanted from the group. And so, as I said, that's had an influence in terms of where if we want a similar type of captain. And I looked at our group and you go, I'd love it. Like, been there, done it. Best midfield player at the level. Will go again, I'm sure about that. Wants to learn, wants to improve. High standards, demanding. So, yeah, so there's been, yeah. Again, longest answer ever of saying there's been loads of influences. <laughs> right then, God, I've got... um. Tim Reeves asks, uh, can you ask Mr. Agata whether he has a plan B this time round? I think I think ultimately, like, so you look at you look at the top teams in the country and or the top teams at a level and you through sort of um first viewing, you you look at it and go, they they play one way, they've got plan A, they you know you know, not sure about plan B, but you know, they have a way of playing and there's a clear style and identity there. But I think I think the genius to it is within that style there being plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E. And I, th- I think the I think that's the real genius of it in terms of if if to um, if to the, the you know first year and you go oh, it's just playing the same way all the time. But then when you drill down with a bit more uh, of a closer lens and a bit more detail, you realise well actually they're doing this today with it so it looks it, like a lot of the time you go, oh, it looks the same but then when you actually look at it and break it down where you go there's loads of variables there's loads of as I said plan B plan C plan D so yeah that that for me is the like, when I think of what we've done originally obviously there'll be progression on that because I think we've gone away and improved and and you know developed my understanding and knowledge and uh, as I said it's a different group of players so maybe it has a different set of demands but also part of that learning whilst going away was realising that we've done an awful lot well um mm. And as I, as I said, I, I would I would challenge most people that viewed my first time at the club as just plan A and nothing else. Because but again, maybe that's maybe that's uh, a sort of backhanded compliment to what we've done. Because often people would look at and go, oh, doing the same things all the time. But uh, and there was so much variation and flexibility to what we were doing. But we were, you know, they were subtle, or rather than. Um, Playing with a right winger, playing up against a left back. Um, so rather than Lambert standing up against a left back one week, we might drop him a little bit deeper because we recognise Ben Pope has got the beating of the centre back down the side. So we pull Lambert deeper to pull the full back out, which then gives us space to play down the side, mm. and then expose Ben Pope one v one. But then the next week, because we think Ben Pope, for example, um, is a different type of challenge, we think we can. Um, Dominate centrally in midfield. We've got an extra number in there. We might push Lamray a little bit higher to pin the fullback, which then exaggerates yeah. the 4v3 in the middle of the midfield. Now, at first viewing, you'd look at that and go, are oh, they just doing the same thing? But then within that, there's loads of variation and loads of variables, mm. which means one week we might be playing short passes through midfield 
because we've got the overload because Lamray's high. And then the next week, we're playing slightly longer passes because Lamray's deeper and we're trying to expose the centre-back down the sides uh, up against a more mobile centre-forward. So, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I think ultimately the crux of it is if you've got the ball, you've got more chance of winning the game. The opposition have got less chance of scoring. You've got more opportunity of scoring. Um, so that's really the foundation to everything that we do. But then... Again, there'll be nuance within it and there'll be variables and it'll be what the opposition are doing. So again, at the weekend, hashtag, we knew they were going to aggressively press high. We felt that they would be comfortable pushing their centre-backs on to try and match up with our numbers in deeper areas, which then meant we would then get John Afua, Teo Ayobola, Freddie Legg, Sam McCoy, 1v1 in big spaces, mm. which I felt we could dominate. So, And the winning goal comes from John Afua getting it 1v1 in a big space, going down the outside and crossing it. So again, it, like there'll be there'll be variables, but I'll, I'll be I'll be shocked if it looks completely different week to week, and I, and I definitely don't think that would be the best thing for for sort of sustained success like we had before. Okay, well, f- thank you for that. I'll tell you, we got uh, George Gasson. I think you may know him. Uh, he says after bringing back Ollie Maldini Black and Kian Zidane Moyes, uh, Moyes, sorry, what other local talent should we be excited about? I know you mentioned Jamal, obviously. Uh, as well, but any any other any other players? Yeah, um, Jamal um, Jamal was I can remember uh, he was made his first in debut against Upfield in the preseason um, a few years ago. So he's been there or thereabouts. Um, as I said, I think he's he's done really well. He started really well. Loads more to come from him. I expect loads more to come from him. Uh, Josh Turner's just been promoted to the first team squad. So. Um, Again, it's been with the club for five, six years. Six foot two centre-back. can also play holding the field. You've got JJ Walker, who, um, again, another lad really like. can play centre-back, can play holding the field. Uh, we've got Finley Chapman as well, who Gaz gave his first team debut to uh, back in the last year, attacking the field player. Um, they're, they're the standout ones at the minute, but where I'm, where I'm working my notes at the minute, I haven't had as much opportunity as I would have liked to have seen... The, the younger players at the club. So what I will do is as soon as I'm I'm back in the building full time, that'll be the first thing that we'll be doing is is um looking at what we've got and seeing who the next one is. Um so yeah, so as ever there's plenty of exciting um players that are knocking on the door from the club's academy programme. Okay. Uh Lee Parnell uh asks uh Bringing the questions down a bit because I know we've been we've been going a while now. I, I do appreciate your your time, Aggie. Um, first of all, what what do you think the goal is for this season? Is it to steady the ship or is it to push for promotion? Um, well, I'd say it's early days. That's what I would say. So, I would, yes, we've we've won two out of two, but we're a million miles away from where I'd like us to be or where I think this group of players can be. But again, that's credit to the lads that they've been able to get six points out of six, but yet still not be where I think the potential of the group is. Mm. And again, credit to the players for that. Um, I'm always looking to to move forwards and challenge and, and you know, like we're always going to every game, you know, at this level. If we get a draw in the FA Cup moving forwards, obviously further, further down the line, we'll, you know, we'll always be trying to find um, the best way to win that game. So, mm. I know it sounds obvious, but we'll be going into every game trying to win it. And with what we've got um, and what we've added, and over time, um, I think we should be going into every game like 
thinking that we can win it as well. So, I, yeah, that's a very diplomatic answer, but I think that probably come hand in hand. I think as the ship is steadied, yeah. um, some of the ideas that we're trying to introduce are nailed home a little bit more, which then means we can add a little bit more layers to, to our plan. Um, still up. Yeah, again, I'm really conscious it is early days. And as I said, it's six points out of six. Great, but it's... Um, and again, that, that's down to the lads, to be honest. That's, that's not down to me. There's only so much that we could have affected in two weeks. And I think the players can take the credit for that, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to take time. It'll take time. But as I said, I, um, that's not an excuse to not be competitive. We'll always go into every game trying to win it and with, with an expectation or an understanding of how to win the game. So, okay. so yeah, it's a longer term. Like it's, that's one of the things that, that I was excited about is that you know we're we're building something. So very similar to what I took over in the first the first time at the club was it was right at the start of the project and you, you had an opportunity to build something and again it's it's very similar just probably from a better well definitely from a better base in terms of the personnel but and at a better level so yeah, it's exciting. No, of course it is. And also Lee asks uh, any idea when uh, Tommy Chalmers will be back. Uh, well, as I've actually been on the this call, um, I haven't been able to check my messages, but I've got um, news on uh, Tom's scan, so I haven't oh. checked it. So um, you need to kick me off before you can find out. Basically, oh, <laughs> oh we haven't a look. Hang on. Well, this is absolutely live. Uh, mm, uh, he's back in training, which is great news this Thursday. Oh, excellent. So hopefully not too long, which will be a huge boost. Again, that's another thing, like when we said about bringing players in and stuff like that, can't forget that we've got that monster that's sitting there um, waiting to put on a Hastings shirt again. So that's that's exciting. Well, as I was saying to Matty, obviously Matty related to Tom, it's you just don't want him to rush back because he's young. And I know he, sure he wants to just get playing football immediately, but, you know, because it's such, that's such a horrible injury to get. Horrendous, horrendous. Bless him. So anyway, yeah. right. Okay, Nick. Uh, Nick Saxby asks. Um, oh yeah, Nick asks. Um, I didn't. I thought. I thought it, Andrew Brown had come in with you. But who is? Are you going to have an assistant, Aggie? Is it Andrew? Is what's what's the situation there? Well, originally planned, it was going to be Brownie coming in with us. Um, but subsequently, he's been offered a full time job uh, at Brighton. Okay. Uh, which has meant the goalposts have moved slightly and we're a bit of a grey area with it. Um, so that's ongoing. Um, but what, what we do have is obviously Ben Cornelius has rejoined the first team staff um, and I envisage that for the short term, whilst there's a grey area over um, the assistant manager situation, that Ben will fill that void. And it's, as I said, it, it's an interesting dynamic at the club because I don't know how many football clubs' owners are ex-managers, ex-players um, that have managed the club, been around the club for years. Like their football knowledge is is considerable, so like there's a wealth of knowledge there. So there's no shortage of people at the football club that can can uh, add value from a football perspective. So it that means that there's not a huge rush in terms of um, appointing a 100% first team manager, assuming um, Brownie doesn't come through because as I said there's so many good football people at the club that we can bounce off and share ideas and again going back to what I was saying earlier like where everyone's very clear in the direction we want to head in and those conversations are you know we're all on the same page which is good so okay I'm going to ask one more question and apologies to the people that have asked questions as well we can always do it another time another time you come on um, but it's the last one from Keith Wareham 
Um, first of all, he says it's absolutely fantastic that you're back. Um, and his question is, are you bringing in another midfielder and striker? Again, again like it's, I don't think there's a there's a burning need for it um, at the moment. I, I mean, I mentioned it in, I spoke to the club on Saturday. David's, David's going to be our main man. Um, 30 uh, goals a season, he reckons middle. he's getting. That's what he well, said. Yeah, I'll hold I hold him to that as well, but yeah. he, he, certainly, he certainly can do. Just he, Dad's just one of them. He just needs a run of games, and he needs to be trusted. And he needs he, he's one of them lads that, like, if he feels like the main man, and he's told he's the main man, he'll play the main man. Um, and he's always done that to me. So the centre forward situation is interesting. But what I would say, I thought Taylor was excellent on their Saturday. I thought he played really well. Um, so. You know, I, I, I don't think there's a burning need for it. As I said, there's you got Kean, you got Jamal, there's uh, Ibs um, Bangura uh, who came in as a left back, but I think can play midfield. So we've got we've got um, like good numbers, but most importantly, good quality in those positions. So if we are going to bring anyone in, um, we know they're going to be the right type because we're not in a massive rush. As I said, I, I really like the group, which is which is a good position to be in because, as I said, I. I don't want to just bring someone in for the sake of it and realise we've got someone already in the building that's better, but because they've got a sexier name or they're from further field or they're a bigger name, um, ends up blocking the way of someone that um, is already in the building that could do just as good a job or even better over longer term. So, you know, whoever we bring in, it's with a view to longer term and not not as a short-term stopgap for sure. Just for me, quickly, we've got Crawley down Gatwick uh, tonight. This podcast don't come out till Saturday. Um, we've had conversations before, Aggie, and you said that you're going to play the first team. Is that the case? Is it going to be a, a mixture or is it just yeah. like first team session, no, basically? No, we're just going to try and win every game yeah. and uh, try and play every game with as strong a side as possible and senior cups of competition that uh, we can realistically win. So, um, you know, That'd why be nice not to have a little cup run? Yes, yeah. yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've always, always sort of thought that, you know, Saturday... Saturday, Tuesday, part-time football. I'm not sure how much need there is to rotate, to be honest. I, I think, again, if you get you do your work in pre-season and get get a decent base to work with, I think the, the group should be able to go Saturday, Tuesday. I think as well, I think I mean, if you're part of a winning side, it's, it's, just keep playing games and keep trying to move in the right direction, really. All right. So is that David back in the team or is that um, Teo staying up front for today? Teo's actually at a wedding in Brazil lucky devil um <laughs> so david's coming straight back into the side okay wow semi-pro football way eh? there you go um okay well yeah. listen look aggie uh, absolute pleasure english jose thank you it's great that you're back um i know we've got a, a full coach going today um there's lots of people trying to get there unfortunately i can't be there but um all the best and um well i won't see you at that game but i'll i'll see you at the game saturday so aggie thanks very much for this uh, thank you chris
SBTS Fan Roundtable. Amongst the topics discussed are Quinoa Wars, Dishy Dez, the rise of clubs like Hashtag, and of course, free on the bounce for our beloved viewers. Making it happen was Ian, Simon, Andy, Leon, Terry, Stan, Rob, and of course, Kev. Enjoy. It gives me great pleasure to introduce episode 110 of the Sussex by the Sea podcast. Uh, an absolute pleasure to have a plethora of fans here from all over the leagues. Soon to be arriving, Rob Thompson of Folkestone. We've got Stan LaHood of Lewis and Lewis Clamour podcast fame, which we will go to. Terry Scott here from Margate. The other Hastings fans that we've got here at the moment is uh, Flat White Andy, Simon Stoddard, the gut feeling, the legendary. It's an institution in our programme. <laughs> I don't know if... Simon needs to be in an institution sometimes, but <laughs> there's an old joke in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Kev Towner, talking to Kev Towner, uh, he, you see him wheeling in every game. Thanks for coming back on. Obviously, Ian Grant, the re- the reader in the room. Uh, I think he's read more books than anyone here. Um, are you? Are we willing to argue that one, Ian? Uh, well, um, I, I don't know. Somebody can challenge me on it if you want. Yeah. And and Leon Pettit. A massive Hastings fan, also his own. You've got your website, Hastings Football History, as well. uk, haven't you, Leon? That's the one. Yeah, thank you for remembering. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, and good evening. 
Good evening. Good, good evening. Good evening. Good morning from Philippines. Who could forget that it's 3 a.m. in the morning for uh, Simon? 4 a.m. Your bloody clocks went back. <laughs> Jesus Christ, really? Right in. So, Eight-hour eight difference now. Right. It's been a great week um, for everyone. There's been a lot going on. Um, I'm wondering where we should start. I think we'll start with our special guests. So let's start with Terry, because Terry... I would. I nearly said always comes first. I that would that would be a little <laughs> bit inappropriate. Um, but um, Terry, I I thought that the the Margate were doing well. But just before we started, you were sort well, of. Uh, it, it was disappointing to concede. I mean, the referee when we spoke to him after the game um, didn't tell him within earshot I was going to slash his tires. But you know, uh, oh, fair he <laughs> he he said, well, there was twelve minutes to play, so he played. To, he put he put five up. And mm. then played twelve, and they scored like literally last kick of the game. It was like play till they score. And this was Harry Day, just for anyone that doesn't know. We shouldn't know have relaxed, but it's just so frustrating to concede in the last minute of the game mm. when we should have put it to bed. Yeah, but you know, we we would take it on. It's what is known as Fergie yeah. time. Oh God, mm. yeah, literally play till they score. We've all, right. all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah, and and a week before you beat Lewis, you've got I a Lewis know. fan on now. Go on, go on, give him a yeah, little no, bit of a nipple no, tweak. I'm, no, they, they they gave us a good game, but it was just yeah, it's it's a long time since we've actually got any result from Lewis. So yeah, I didn't go. Unfortunately, no. Oh, well, no, that's no. why you know. We had. Um, I, I did like the, uh, the 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 match report that uh, that came up that wasn't a match report. I did enjoy uh, that. Yes, that's. <laughs> we'll get on to that. We'll get on to that. There's a yeah, a lot been a lot of Lewis news. <laughs> just never. Yeah, no, that, that was that was amusing. I did, I did enjoy that. It was very well well written. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah, fact you was... got minibus envy as well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> For the people listening, explain please explain the minibus envy. Some someone one of your guy uh, one of the Lewis guys took a picture of our minibus and said, "Oh, you know they've got their minibus because we've got ours is all liveried up. You know, it's got all the the advertising on the side of it, mm. so wherever we go, people can see it's us." You know. Yeah. And um, somebody took a photograph of it from down the coffin end and said, "Oh, you know, I think they said do Tesla do minibuses or something." And it's like, yeah, bit bit of minibus envy going on. It was quite amusing. <laughs> well, I was going to do that with my car. But motability wouldn't let me. Fascists. <laughs> why the why what's wrong with some Hastings United memorabilia all over that? It, it's against the lease agreement, Chris. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. That red tape, the bureaucracy gone mad, it is. So I've always I've always got me wheels, eh, Chris? Always exactly. got me <laughs> And you've got them beautifully decorated. Can you can you not get ones that like the magnetic ones that we, we used to have on when we used to hire a minibus? I have no idea. You need to talk to me about that. That sounds like a cracking. Right. Yeah, yeah. You can you can get them. There's ways around it. He loves yeah. slipping in women's DMs, mate. I'll be careful, Terry. Uh, slide <laughs> on in there later, mate. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, we're turning into Tinder now. Um, I've just noticed that a certain Rob Thompson's just sneaked uh, sneaked on. Robbie, how are we, sir? I'm right, Chris. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. We haven't said anything about Folkestone yet. Let's talk to the man who knows everything no. there is to know about Folkestone <clears throat> and how well they're doing yeah, or not yeah. well they're doing. Uh, yeah. Please tell us, tell us about your season. Um, okay. It's been, fair, I'd say, all rounds been fairly disappointing, really. Um, it's, yeah, I, I, I don't know whether at the beginning of the season you have 
um, high hopes that may be unrealistic. Maybe every football sport, whereas, you know, they they will say you start with like a clean slate and think this is going to be not our season, but, you know, we're going to have a good season, positivity and stuff. And we had a bit of a, uh, we had players leaving the summer and then it was sort of like last minute.com to recruit. So we, when we got around to get some players in, we did get some good players in. Mm. And we seem to be quite heavy in the attack, you know, like forward lines with, you know, we've got Dave Smith back and we've got some wingers and attacking players and all of a sudden we seem to have like an embarrassment of riches up front a bit. Have you still um, got Kane Penn, Rob? He's still got attacking yeah, left back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he plays, mate. Yeah, he, he's yeah. been, I believe he's been playing centre mid. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think he's been playing, I don't think he's played fullback for us yet. I don't, I don't think so anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we just haven't we just haven't really got going. We've had a lot of disappointing performances and results, really. We've had it's weird because you, some of our games you think, oh, we've got no chance of getting anything out of that, and we'll sort of turn a performance on and um we'll play well. We might not win, but like at Hornchurch and the last few years we've been there, if you think, oh, we've not much chance of going there and getting anything. But we turn up and we play really well. We play teams like Bishop Stalford last beat them. Yeah. And you know, we, we seem to and we were at a Lewis and one. So we tend to get sort of results out of nowhere sometimes or performances, but like the bread and butter stuff for the league, it just doesn't, it hasn't really clicked. It's not really, I think everyone who watches Bolton would say that, you know, it's been fairly disappointing really. Is yours a consistency thing, same as us? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it is consistency, but we haven't, you know, like that thing where you sort of start to get on a roll and then you think, well, momentum will sort of take us. Well, we haven't even started. We, I don't even feel like we've even started to get on a roll to, to build any consistency, it's been like it has been yeah. really frustrating. Although you look at the league and you sort of you sort of say to yourself, well, if we did through we threw some results together, um, we we we'd be up towards playoffs. So it it's like football's weird because it can just change. You know, you can say something made yourself look stupid because you one minute you're saying, oh, we're rubbish, and the next minute is it, it changes and you and and the whole thing swings in your favour or or not. You know, so if we can get some results put them together, we would go up the league. Just a few, just a couple of wins, really. But yeah, consistency. We yeah, it's been, it has been frustrating. I'm sure you you got Billericay, yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, we got Billericay in tough the one. league. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that is tough. And then we've got um, who's coming no. Uh, and then we got Harrogate Barra on Tuesday night. So we've got a couple of home games. So even though the Billericay game's tough, you know, we draw could... a win, draw a win. That's what you want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. Well, always nice to hear from you again, Rob. Thanks for coming back on. Um, Cheers, man. Don't go yet, though. Yeah, don't. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's not cute for you to go. Um, Right. We've got, obviously, got the Lewis, the Lewis Clammer here, uh, who who runs the Twitter, got Lewis Podcast. It's just so funny. I'm sure there's no Lewis fans listening to this, but um, there may be two or three. Uh, uh, He's just started his own podcast now, a Stan. it sounds like it's in a, a half decent pub somewhere in the Lewis region. Um, first of all, Stan, have a quick talk about that. Build build that up, but then we'll start going into uh, the quinoa wars. Um, <laughs> the uh, what was the one that you you coined, Leon? It was the Waitrose battle, the Waitrose or something like battle, that. Battle, <laughs> battle, battle, Waitrose. Yeah, um, I'm just jealous we don't have one in Hastings. That's all. So uh, we got Albert. Yeah, we've, we've got, got Aldi, yeah, we've got to big up the Aldi, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, probably the water by now anyway, so, you know. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, Stan, please talk about your podcast, uh, why you started it up, but then we'll go into Lewis's season. Obviously, you've had quite interesting, you've got the Phoenix, 
Phoenix trophy that I, w- I really would love to talk about, that prestigious European trophy that you're in. Let's go there. Let's let's start off with your podcast, though, please. Yeah, so um, I started the podcast as of a couple hours ago. I'm doing it with uh, my two friends from uni, uh, Fergus and Joe. I'm not at uni anymore, but I've met them from uni. Yeah. Um, we've been going to Lewis uh, for a few years now, and um, I don't know. I just I I kind of wanted to come up with some new content that would kind of give me a bit more energy and I kind of like just suggested it to them in our group chat kind of thinking they're just going to laugh at me and be like shut up you know what are you on about (laughs) you dick and then uh they're like they're both up for it I was like oh my god wow Mm. so we've got like quite a uh you know quite a good chemistry between us um because just you know we've been going to games with each other for so long so there's a lot of context for us but uh so we went to uh the elephant and castle Last night in Lewis, I knew it was going to be quiet. That's why I chose it. And then you could have a bit of background noise because uh, we kind of wanted that pub sort of atmosphere, but not where it's going to be too overwhelming for the listener. Um, okay. So, yeah, it, it as soon as I put it on, as soon as Fergus started talking, I realised this. I, I thought, yep, this is going to work. You, you know, it's not going to be awkward and we're not all just going to like stutter. I'm like, uh-uh, you know. It was good and it was really enjoyable as well. It was actually probably my favourite bit of the night. So, yeah. Um, that Had you already sounds... partaked in a few pints beforehand? Of course. Yeah, there you go. That's, it always oh, yeah. makes it easier. Yeah, we had about two each. So, that great level because it's, it's jokey, but it is serious. Like, we make, you know, good points and we, you know, talk about our feelings, you know. <laughs> we talk Come about... On, that's two pints you're talking about your feelings. How <laughs> modern. Yeah. <laughs> no, we just we just talk you know we're not we're not taking the piss why don't we ever talk about our feelings chris yeah i know <laughs> shut up <laughs> so that's some kind of millennial immersion therapy i might, might have a go <laughs> no it's got it's got a lot of structure to it uh i didn't just you know it's not just a a chat we deliberately talk about uh you know lewis about how our recent games have gone how players have been playing but also a lot of the news on social media uh just because it's you know, can get a bit relentless at times. Um, so, yeah, we spoke about our recent uh, FA Cup away day to Aldershot. And yeah. uh, I think last time I was on this was just You've before just, that just game. Before, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, and we spoke about that. We spoke about Dulwich Hamlet uh, as well. Really? Um, you talked about Dulwich Hamlet? Oh, yeah, I know. On, really? But yeah, go on, go on. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just other things. But, it, you know, it's it really authentic because we get like a... I ordered a plate of chips and that arrived like midway through the, the podcast. So it really made it feel like you're kind of there sitting with us and like we're talking about, you know, mm. our drinks. You know, it's probably not actually that interesting, but if anybody wants to give it a go, it's there. It exists. So, you know, if you've got a spare 27 minutes, you don't Yeah, I go for the crazy. extended. I go for the extended ones, mate. 27 minutes. Yeah. You well, need you need to get longer. You need to get longer, mate. Yeah. Chris, Chris is a proper triple album sort of. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're talking yes album. We're talking yeah. B, you know, B sides and everything. Sleeve, yeah, concept um, album. <laughs> Pet, Pet Shop Boys, twelve inch. Um, yeah, it's uh, been a good reaction so far. Yeah, and I'm excited for the future of it. Certainly. If anyone's listening that's interested, it's on Spotify. All the usual. Podbean. 
<laughs> Podbean, yes. Podbean, Podbean. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's it so far, I think. I'll probably be looking at... YouTube, uh, get it on the YouTube, get your channel going. Yeah, got Bob. some exciting stuff planned for the podcast. So, yeah, looking cool. forward to it. How is uh, Jake, Jake Elliott? Is he still Jake Elliott, um, performing, yeah. uh, former Hastings boy? Yeah, still... Still definitely one of the key players in the team. Now he's moved to centre-back. I mean, even when he was out right-back, he was doing well. He's, uh, yeah, uh, him and Ronnie Vint are our main centre-backs, I'd say. And yeah, you know, even when we've been losing, it's we've still got this momentum, it feels like, that we're not, um, you know, it doesn't feel like the wheels have fallen off yet. But, mm. you know, famous last words. But... <laughs> Well, quite a lot of the teams are inconsistent um, this season. You just expect people to go. Other than Hornchurch, you were particularly up front, very, very strong team. And, uh, yeah. Uh, ridiculously up front. And after they signed Femi as a super sub, um, yeah. But we're not talking about Hornchurch. We're talking about, we're going to stay on Lewis because I'm not going to forget this. There's two things yeah. I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. There's obviously the Dulwich Hamlet feud, which I yeah. must say, I'm sorry, and I may have squeezed some lighter fluid on it. Occasionally, I wouldn't do I, no, I wouldn't do that, would I? But like a Not tiny, bad. a little, you know, of what I thought was ridiculous overreaction from well, from from a little bit from both sides. I saw your manager get involved, mm. um, going on about how much he loves Dulwich Hamlet. Uh, not seeing that actually lots of this is just a bit of a bit of nipple tweaking, a bit of banter, a bit of taking the Mickey out of each other. Um, for, like- for anyone that's listening, it's it's um, a thread where they were saying that the Dulwich fans aren't uh, the most noisy fans, nothing malicious, really. Um, and there was some sort of middle class sort of clashing um, of ideologies there. But um, uh, and a little bit back and forth um, that's kind of still going on, isn't it? It's even I think today there was a, a guy from Dulwich who went to a Lewis game instead of going to a Dulwich game just to critique the Lewis fans, which I, I, really? I just, if you, as, as I said to you, Stan, if you're not living in their heads, <laughs> what else is that? I mean, I mean, they are a funny bunch, aren't they? What, what, what's first of all, uh, your thoughts on it, Stan. And then if anyone else wants to chip in, i.e. Uh, Leon. I, I also, so it, it was a match report from the supporters club. So it was written by Barry Collins. Um, Barry writes match reports after every game. And they're always good and consistent. You know, they're humorous. I write them most of the time. So I, I wrote pretty much the, more or less the same things that Barry wrote about. And it was just, um, the no noise isn't, wasn't really the factor. Because a lot of, um, you know, home grounds that you'll go to, there won't be much noise. And that's fine. It's not really a big deal. You know, you can critique everyone, you know, the away fans. And they go to home ground, they say, oh, the atmosphere is shit. That's, that happens so often the issue was that um AI watching the game <laughs> and it was really noticeable and all that was said was yeah Barry just said in a humorous light about um just that point and also used a bunch of AI photos which I thought was <laughs> <That> really <laughs> I thought that, that was really... funny myself <laughs> Lo- oh, of them were like, oh, this I'm is sorry so the whip it just creased yeah, me yeah. Whip it. No, because the the whip it in a hoodie <laughs> Level whippets there. It was, it was, you know, it was obviously a great day out for loads of Dulwich fans and, you know, loads of people that just want to have a day out. Good for them. Great stuff. And they can't make a shitload of money from it. Been brilliant. But, you know, yeah, it was just a, it was just a joke at the fact that, yeah, it was just, you had a whole 
like a load of them around the side, you know, and a huge queues right in front of where we were all standing and chanting, just not watching. And anyone that goes, right, I'm sure they can see what I'm what I'm saying. And well, we we've, we've got them on Saturday, so yeah. Yeah, you will, you will, and that, you know that's just how it is. But we made a dig, and blimey, oh, blimey it got like yeah. I, I could yeah. be wrong here, but I've I think it got about three hundred k impressions on Twitter. I've I haven't seen something like that, um, like a match report just go viral. But yeah, uh, it caused a lot of controversy. My personal opinion of it is that I I think it's absolutely fine, and uh, you know, good on Barry. I thought it was, uh, you know. You know, I didn't really see much of the issue, but uh, yeah, with um, our manager getting involved and you know, things like that, I you know, look, Tony can put obviously whatever he wants out on social media, but um, you know, it's just it doesn't help really. You know, I think it's just Lewis fans have got to kind of not, you know, I don't know, rise to it. I, I mean, I I always end up rising to it because after I've had a couple pints, I'm just like, you know, <laughs> bite the bait. Especially with that Dulwich fan last night, I really couldn't believe that they, instead of watching their own team lose to Kingstonian, they went to watch us to actually just uh, kind of just make fun of it. Which 15, 15 tweet critique. It wasn't just one yeah. tweet. It was multiple. It was yeah. this person has has done. Hours I mean, of to work. be fair, it'd be pretty. It'd be. I think it would be even weirder if you went to watch somebody else's game. And then only wrote one tweet about it. That was that was like your your sole. Fair enough. All you all you got to offer. You got to get fifteen tweets out of it if you're going to make that effort. Surely, yeah. At least. It's, it's just not normal behaviour, is it's it? Not normal really. behaviour. It's, it? no. it's not normal. No. So it's, you know, I just I just didn't think it was that funny. I mean, there's probably going to be loads of Dulwich fans that found it hilarious, and that's fair enough. But I just think um, all this has done has made a lot of Lewis fans kind of back Barry because um, he's got a lot of stick for it and really? I think it was quite unfair there's just something like a little joke and you know it spread to Facebook as well the, was it? the um, community on there has been you know arguing ever since the Mercury 13 stuff kicked off so um, yeah you know it's just you know it's just a laugh at the end of the day but um, it's going to be very interesting to see what that game will be like in a few weeks' time in the league. That's, that's um, going to be awesome. But, um, I did like um, Barry's little thing when he said that about this is not a match report. Yeah, now, you know, he's always, he is actually always quite humorous. I, you know, I, you know, I think people should have the freedom to say what they like and people exactly. hearing different opinions. You know, I bang on about this myself, but, you know, let's, let's keep that out of this. But like, you know, <laughs> if you can't cope with someone having a differing opinion from you, then I just think you need to get off, uh, Yeah, put your phone down. <laughs> Get off Twitter, firstly, and secondly, yeah, you know, it's going to be tricky. So I, I love the one he did, the Pafé News thing that he did yeah. with us. It's brilliant. Yeah. Loved it. Absolutely um, superb. Yeah, he's, he's probably with Dulwich, though. Like, could you imagine, like, spending 10, 12 quid to go into to go to the pilot field, to go to, you know, you're there to watch the football, you go, for, you have a few drinks, you spend most of your time playing spotting or chatting to your mate rather than actually watching the game. It's like, if you're, if you're out for a day out, then go to the pub or, I, I mean... Fair enough if you mm. go to Dulwich for the atmosphere, fair play, but it's just beyond me to pay pay your money to, well, yeah, I'll say atmosphere. You know. <laughs> yeah, well, we you, you know, for a nice, nice day, I don't know, but, yeah. you know, it's I nice. enjoy football because, you know, mm. I like I like football and I like, you know, the, the mates I've 
made at, at Hastings, but it's it's mostly about the football. It just seems weird that you would spend that money to talk yeah. talk about smashed avocado on toast and yeah, craft beer. <laughs> I, do, eat, I do like. I've heard you talk me. about craft beer, Leon, mate. I know. I, I, I love it. When you got like when when you're trying to watch the game, and you got like especially with the kids, and they're updating you on the results from other games in the Premier League because they've got their phone things going, and that irritates the hell out of me. But that, yeah. that's just what they do, Sorry, isn't it? Maybe. You know, at least that's in into football. But yeah, as you say, talking about craft yeah. beers and smashed avocado is like really come on, watch the game. That's what I mean, you're that's there just, for. Just an assumption, yeah. you know. Before I get angry, Dulwich fans who've one angry Ooh, fan I might have listened God. to this or watched this on there YouTube, you and I'll get. Well, we'll see what happens. I got your face now, Liam. I know it's coming. Yeah, yeah, smashed avocado through the title for the for the let post or something like that. But, <laughs> but I mean, as I say, I went, I went to the Dulwich game uh, when we played them and, and we stole three points from them. We didn't steal three points, but we we took them quite happily. And it is there is it is an odd atmosphere. There's there is tons of people that go and and like you know, good luck to them. But they've got so many people go into their games. I think their team isn't very good. I, I, mm. yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't have they have they still got the same manager. Yes, he, he's quite a good manager. And also, um, um, talking about with the players in the form there, I actually think that the reason why they're struggling is, well, one of the reasons is because of the lack of intimidation there. Um, I spoke to a few of the Lewis players just after half time when we were watching the game. And I said to them what they what they made of the whole situation about, you know, the, the aura of the fact that there was a load of fans that are not really paying attention. And they said, oh, it's it makes a massive difference. And I was like, really? And they were like, yeah. They said, if they've got 10 people yelling at them, you know, they can feel it. And that was, wow, 10 people, you know. Yeah. And if you've got a load of people that aren't, yeah, making it that intimidating, just yelling at the keeper, then you're kind of just allowing away teams to just kind of do what they want. You know, QPR have had one home win in over a year because oh, don't, gonna... oh, you're depressing <laughs> me now Stan, <laughs> I need to say it because I think it, oh. it it connects quite well because the amount of home games I've seen us lose there as well you know we've got like the family stand right behind the goal and I just mm. I think there's that's that's new and that's meant that kind of away teams can come just do what they want in a way um I think we, you need I that. like watching that the away keeper yeah it's a, sort of, I mean, it's a sport in and of itself really Exactly, exactly. Yeah, there is some people that purvey that art better than others. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I, 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 honourable mention for Joe Suggett, uh, <laughs> who is he's very good at doing that. Yes. A, he's got a whole rating system, which we won't go into but <laughs> on here. But I need to give an honourable shout out to Andy Boswell as well. For years, he's been. He's, he's had that to a T. But the, the year we oh, yeah. won, um, we, when we won the league a couple of years ago, who did we play? I think it was at VCD at home, mm. and the keeper was offering him for a fight after the game. <laughs> and he actually waited yeah. for him as well, and the keeper <laughs> saw him and was like, "Oh, you actually?" But no, I think they shook hands yeah. again. But yeah, that's sort of Simon, obviously. Mm. Well, no. Well, Haringey Barra's keeper is um, David James from Wish. That's what he looked like. That's what we told him last night, anyway. <laughs> So people do uh, get some stick at Hastings, though, don't they? Don't oh, they, Leon? Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't they? Just yeah. And I was and, the first and, one up and, there. Is a, how they is react it... is is what it's all about. Yeah. So some of them, yeah. some of them can deal with it, and and they're very good at it. There's others who clearly can't, and uh, there's been some real characters down the years. And uh, well, folks and Mo Munden. That's a few years ago now, but he was a good lad. 
he wound us up something rotten when he was at Dover, and then we came across him again at Fisher. I'm talking about 20 years ago now. You 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 went you, you went to those games, Leon. You were a toddler then, were you, mate? Yeah, no, you taught you taught me all sorts of words. Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> I took to the school playground. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks to Simon, the Westbrooks, the Boswells. That's yeah, it, yeah, that's yeah, it. The Boswell added, added to, my, to my vocabulary. The that's it. Well, I remember my Agro, lads, and can't I remember brand new words today, Dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the best was the ex South Park goalkeeper. I've forgotten his name now. Who's that? The ex South Park goalkeeper. He was a great banter. I've forgotten his name there. Anybody remember? Yeah, I can't remember his name. I, I remember. I remember him. He, was, he, he looked like, I don't know, he looked like he just rolled, rolled straight out of the pub, didn't he? Like, had something yeah, about five, five, five Stellars, played football, but he, he was a good, yeah, he was still a quite a keeper. Point, yeah. Which, which team were we talking about? Rolling a fag. <laughs> which team was that? South Park. South Park. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wayne, someone. Um, That's the one. Yeah, I know what you mean. Big tubby guy. Good keeper. Excellent, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember it. South Park, yeah. I came back a few years. Who was the one that had a, a tag on? Come on, that was only about three, four years ago. He, he squinted. He played, he played for um, Cray, didn't he, in the cup game? <laughs> had, a, had a tag on. Asked him if he could play evening games. <laughs> <laughs> he was good banter, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was good. I think someone was a drink, didn't they, in the clubhouse afterwards. Yeah. You were yeah. messing with him. Do you know what I mean? No, no, yeah, there, was, there was no. Oh, uh... no, my bum I was going a bit when I asked him that. I was like, oh. <laughs> just remember, just remember, James Wastel. James, that's, that's it, Wastel. That's James. the one. That's the one. Yeah. Anyway, Rob Colfrey, when you get oh, when on. you get keepers that actually know you by name and then buy you a drink in a bar <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Well, remember, Margate had a good Margate had a good keeper, Lee Turner. Again, I'm going back a few years. Oh but... yeah, 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 yeah. Lee Turner, he was a great lad. He, he, yeah. he was a. I remember he was a playing for Gravesend one evening. He was playing for Gravesend one evening. We went up there to play Gravesend. Uh, this is when they were still called Gravesend and Northfleet. So that's, that's a few years ago. And yeah. this is one of our lads had a pot from outside the area, and it pinged off the crossbar. And we took the pit. We, we had a go at Turner about that. And he said, "Oh, let the bar do the work, lads. Let the bar do the work, lads." <laughs> he yeah. knew he'd been all ends up, but he was a real character. He was. I like Lee Turner. Was all right. Yeah. Playing for various clubs, but I do remember him down at Margate. He was all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah one of the good ones. Yeah, it, it, it does help when you got them that they can they can get the banter going with you. It makes it just makes the game go, doesn't it? You know, yeah, you get the ones yeah, that are yeah. just like completely focused, and it's like, oh come on, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some, there's some good that they, they do take. They do get some stick. I oh always yeah. Wondered how much stick our own? How much Louis Rogers used to get, and Charlie Granger does now. I mean. I, they all, they all get it. They all get it everywhere they go, don't they? I do. I do oh, offer earplugs to uh, you know when, when we go away. I do offer earplugs to them, like you know. <laughs> I want to talk about your fans. Your your fans are too, Bob. You you were excellent when we went to your place, and I'm sorry that we did steal those three points from you as well. But I didn't want to mention uh, that. Yeah, well, you know, um, and they were rubbish. Yeah, you were good because we were. Um, Stan, we were singing to Terry. We weren't singing to to the Margate. We started yeah. about Terry. Terry gave us a song because their fans are. Well, yeah. what are you going to do about your fans? Not a lot I can do about them, really. I just carry on and do what I do, and hopefully they join in with me occasionally, you know. Stan, will there be some abuse for the prestigious Phoenix Cup that you're in? I think it's the third year of this uh, uh, European competition, is it not? Oh, I'm not actually sure. Uh, I think it is relatively new, though. You pulled out of the Sussex Cup yep. to, to come into this, so you're almost like Manchester United pulling out the FA Cup. 
Um, <laughs> are you willing to? What, 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 what's your thoughts on on pulling out on of the prestigious um, Sussex Cup? And I like the Sussex Cup. I mean, in 2014, we got to the final and we got to play. We got smashed by Whitehawk five um, nil. Oh Jesus, really? Yeah, it was dreadful. I tried. I was 16. I tried to go in with a drum and they didn't let me. So I was pretty annoying but um yeah i mean it's, it's it's a bit shit but we're in europe so i don't really care <laughs> you know it's like well probably is there a, is there a prize money i don't know i don't know stuart fuller would be the man to ask about that only one stuart fuller he's the one that organized it all oh, uh, it was o- just... organized by one of the european teams yeah that are not in yes. anymore they, they kind of just yeah. administer it yeah yeah um yeah so i think um yeah we're doing that instead of the sussex senior and the velocity as well so we're not in that either. Yeah, two cups yeah Selecting, uh, yeah as yeah. as your uh, supporters club uh said the brexit cup which i i'm amazed that um I, I could say it i could say it i could say middle class liberals would say such a thing as that but yeah. um it's barry trying to be provocative it is isn't it <laughs> that's what he does that's what he yeah. does and he does it very well does it very well he does. Uh, yeah, you know. And you won. You beat, who did you beat? Uh, Oslo or something, wasn't it? FC Oslo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, unbelievable night. We had 1.1 uh, fans, 1.1 thousand fans. I was going to uh, say 1.1. Yeah. One, <laughs> point one of a person. Uh, yeah. Is that someone after they've eaten a pie? <laughs> yeah. I've got something quite interesting about that game. Uh, quite a few Worthing fans showed up. Um, we found out. And were. Apparently, asking Oslo fans for their scarves and shirts to wear at the game, and I think Worthing were actually playing that night as well. So I don't know what that says, but maybe it says that we're the biggest club in Sussex. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> no. um, yeah, it was a yeah, unforgettable night. Like the atmosphere, they the- can't help it, can they, Andy? They can't <laughs> help it. These Lewis, it's a modern day modern day resurrection of those sort of um twinning events that councillors used to create just so, <laughs> just so they could travel to each other's town and have a nice glass of warm leaffrau milch when they get to the other side or whatever and then they invite them back for some sausage rolls it's sort of um it's a it's obviously sort of been created so people can do these things we'd we'd really like to be in europe therefore we we ought to create something so we can all be in europe and the phrase well, in europe yeah well i remember when i was um when yeah, I was a kid, hmm. I was a very good runner, and um, running was always my thing. So I realised that I could be- beat everybody in my um, little cul-de-sac. So I created the Parkwood Close Marathon and made a little trophy for it, so I could take part <laughs> in it and win. <laughs> <laughs> it sort of strikes me as something like that, really. It's like a specific um, tournament for, like, uh, unique clubs, quote, yeah, unique, like yeah. fan owned clubs, stuff like that, even though yeah, FC Manchester's in it, isn't it? FC yeah, United, played, yeah. yeah, quite a funny story. The floodlights didn't work two nights ago, so they had to play at midday the next day. Um, what was it? <laughs> yeah, I, I think they won 4 1. Um, but yeah, like it was, a, it was a, it was a great atmosphere. Like, my, my lot, like, um, we're known as. The youth wing, which is again is what Barry um, named us a few years ago, because we just started. You know, we kind of brought the noise to Lewis again because uh, it was missing. And uh, yeah, like it's it was a lot of people join in. Uh, it was 
you know, great noise. Keeper, would, you know, just relates to what we were talking about earlier. Keeper was um, loving it, like absolutely loving it. He kept just like waving at the crowd and like getting it, like raising his arms up. Uh, <laughs> he was clapping at us as well, like doing the slow clap. Brilliant. He gave his shirt out to a Lewis fan at half time. Oh, it was, yeah, it was just a really good atmosphere in that, in that regard. And when Oslo came off, we're all chanting them and they're all clapping us. So it was a really good. Uh, loving. Just really good feeling, you know. Everyone's loving each other, you know. <laughs> you know, it was just very positive and uh, very much looking forward to going to Belgium. Um, but yeah, it was a good game as well. Archie Tamplin, probably the biggest thing. He he went unconscious. I really put a big damper on it because he looked like he was in big trouble. He got stretched off and uh, everyone was kind of fearing. But right. he's absolutely okay. So that's great to hear because... Mm. Yeah, it looked pretty scary for a bit. So, um, but yeah, good stuff. Good, good night. Well, but do you get to go to Denmark then? Um, it's Norway we're going to, I think. Oh, was like yeah, so Norway. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, and that'll be probably in March. So they've got a deep, dark winter there, probably for the next. Mm. Um, so I don't think they actually play any football for the next few months. But yeah, and then. Semis in the finals, I think, at the San Siro might be the might both might be at the San Siro. I'm not sure. Um, well, I saw the Pan Siro, yeah, that was, yeah, I'd, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they call that for a while, yeah. Uh, oh, has yeah. it? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, it's not new, it's not new. Oh, okay, so we've got Enfield, uh, Enfield Town in it as well. And uh, is that oh, yeah, just FC United and Manchester out of all the English teams? I, there might be one more, but yeah. So it's, it's not like the Anglo-Italian Cup, the old Anglo-Italian oh, Cup, where you used to end up suppo- supposedly playing in, in Europe again. And you'd, <laughs> you'd end up against Southend and Luton. Yeah, Enfield have <laughs> ended up um, playing. They've got a way to a Welsh team, which we're all quite <laughs> happy to not get, because it would have been, you know, Belgium or Norway or Wales. <laughs> still good, though. You know, still, yeah, even if, like even if still, we still got Wales, I would have been buzzing about that, you know. I mean, I guess it right. makes a change from just playing three bridges again, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, just, you know, if we're not in it, I, I have a feeling we might not be in it next year because of the Mercury 13 stuff, because I don't think we're 100% fan-owned anymore. Um, What's happened with that now? Has that gone through then? Yeah, that went through. We got a 68% uh, majority in favour of the investment. So that, I think, that's just, just uh, for the fans to accept it. And now it's negotiations between the board and Mercury 13 uh, to get over the line. Um, the whole men's side, still 100% fan-owned. It's just the women's uh, business, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's separate. yeah, looking messy at Lewis, mate. <laughs> messy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> right, talking of things that aren't messy, the wonderful Chris Agatha has returned to Hastings and we've won three on the bounce. So we're all happy Hastings fans here, aren't we? Oh, yes. Andy? Well, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's obviously once there was a management gap, it's obviously a very, very good, no doubt it's a very, very good appointment to fill it. No question there. I was quite interested when I realised that Chris had left his full-time job to take it on full-time. That was quite, quite interesting, given that quite often people do these things as a, as a part-time role. So that, that was quite interesting, the sort of level of commitment that both sides had agreed to, to him to do it. Uh, obviously, it's quite hard to 
we the one thing we've won the games that we've won on application, haven't we, at the moment? Yeah. So I think that's the thing. We're still working our way through that. That he's had the sort out of the the initial sort out of the players. He's assessing the players he's got. He's brought back a few youngsters that have been out on loan, etc., which is very, very good, and given them a chance. Some like Kean um, and Finley Chapman back in the squad, and uh, obviously JJ and TT have had their outings, and and also shown confidence in David by saying he's the centre forward. So Where goes the season, is- Andy. 30 goals a season, mm. he's promised. Well, he scored that belter at Margate the day after he said that to you, didn't he? So, he did. you know, um, he's, uh, yeah, so all that is good, actually. Just the sort of, um, just needed the, the initial stability and a bit of common sense. I mean, not that there wasn't common sense, it's just that the spirit had gone. Uh, and so there's that. I mean, Saturday again, the game was won, really, because, um, slightly because hashtag couldn't shoot, but also because we, applied ourselves and got the goals, you know, which we might not have done a month ago. Oh, so it'd be interested to see how we it develops have, yeah. from here, really, given that the spirit is there, the application is there, the squad's taking shape and they've won the games. So uh, so the next step is, um, you know, establishing the pattern of play and just making those small tweaks and additions to the squad, etc. Um, yes, yeah, inter- interesting times. And obviously... Chris is a good bloke. It was nice to meet him properly last weekend. And, uh, yeah, quite optimistic, has to be said. So looking forward to working with it, really. Well, don't don't finish it, Andy, because I want to talk to you. Uh, this uh, Andy also does the P- PA box, uh, puts mm. an absolute plethora of excellent music on now. Um, we don't suffer too many bad tunes with him. Uh, but you also now do the post-match, pre- pre-match, post-match sort of stuff now. It seems there's sort of mahogany finish in the background. Wherever that is, you do the interviews with um, with Aggie. Mahogany, yeah. <laughs> Stock in the Norwegian sauna or something, isn't it? <laughs> in, in a kind of almost dishy des, sort of very calm manner. I mean, what, what, is that who you styled yourself on? Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really think too hard about that, apart from we've obviously, this is all new, so... So the interviews are very new. So last weekend, before they set off the Pitsy, was the first proper um, interview we'd obviously done with Chris and the longest one we'd done. Really, my my thinking, is, and, and I've, we, I've talked to Chris about this already, is that obviously the podcast is fan-led. If you get people onto the podcast for an interview, they do it longer format they do more general stuff you get the fans able to ask their questions if they want and and that sort of thing and and that's where the podcast sits and certainly should sit but what everyone moans about is the the club doesn't do this the club doesn't do that so what we've tried to do to be fair to neo neo did his little videos and he initiated a few player interviews didn't he you may have seen those on youtube so the because he triggered that I think the committee wanted to expand on it. And so what I'm trying to work to now with Adam, I mean, I don't do any of the publishing. I'm trying to sort of do the do the interviewees, just do the corporate side of the information, if you like. So Chris has got the uh, more fan-led stuff. But what we need and what we haven't got, if you look at so many clubs, there's Dorking's a really good example um, of a very good media operation. Uh I've sort of tortured myself by looking at how these other clubs are doing it. 
And all we're trying to do, really, I mean, when you say interview style, all I'm trying to do in that, really, is give Chris some questions, easy questions that he can just give his view to. So all I want is to give him the opportunity to put his thoughts out there. It's not panorama. It's not Newsnight. It's not Graham Norton. It's just trying to give him the opportunity to put put information out there. And post-match, which we started with Barnsley, is simply a quick five minutes to round up the game. And and I spoke when I did the interview with Chris last Saturday, I said to him, is it okay if we catch you after the Kingstonian game? He said, yes. So hopefully we'll be doing that regularly just to get five minutes out there after the game. And also maybe grab the man of the match and particularly want to grab Adam for five minutes, maybe, and get his thoughts As in Adam, the the captain. Adam love it. Adam love it, yeah. And so, so that's all we're trying to do, really, is create it just to create a little corporate feed where the players and the managers can get quick thoughts out there without being an imposition, you know. So they want to do it, and everyone can see the benefit of it. It's really, you know, simple as that. I still think you you got a little bit of tissue dirt about you, mate. You just, you know, it's very smooth, you know. Mm. You know, I, I, you know, this isn't anything to do with the club, so I'm allowed to say that. Okay, so you know, if you get upset. Uh, you can always leave. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm um, happy. All I want is that it's not really about me. I, it, it, it would I f- be better if people don't. I'll be like, I'm like a referee, if you like. It's better if people don't notice me, and what they notice is what Chris or the player is saying. So we did one with David Rodari about a month ago, straight after the game. With David it was one of the first ones we did, and that was excellent because David speaks very well, and so it, he, he, his quick interview with the ball under his arm came across really well. So it's different to the podcast in that the club interviews should just be about the person you're interviewing. And, you know, I do think about what I'm going to say. So I've got a few things written down there, but I try to memorise them so I can just string. I've already tried, I've already thought through the pattern of the interview, if you like, so I know what I'm going to ask him. So unless you say, unless someone says something really weird, I know how the interview is going to go. Don't so, give away you know, the magic, we You're giving away the magic now, mate. You're giving away the magic. <laughs> you see, you know, it's, it's, it, I, I say it's easy. It feels easy once you've done a couple. Dishy, mate. Dishy. Dishy, Andy. Yeah. Right. So, so if one thing I would say is if anyone sees these things, I'm really not averse to someone giving me feedback or giving us feedback, etc. You know, because yeah. it's early days, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm sure you need more people on your media team. Who, who is your media team at the moment, Andy? The me- well, Adam is the media manager, so he's the publisher, isn't he? So who's that? Adam Smith. Adam Smith. Yeah, yeah. But he's he publishes. He does. So when you see your tweets on um, match days, that's nearly always Adam doing those. Any of the any of the corporate guff you get from the club, that will be Adam doing that. Um, anything. Adam's for the guff. Are you saying Adam's for the guff? Can well, I quote he, the people. I was just saying, people supply him with the guff. He publishes it, quite you know, and that's all of us. <laughs> so there's me. So I, really I'm doing that. Now, we get bugger all from the club, really. All that Facebook now is basically Twitter. Well, we, I think he did put the interview that I did with Chris, for example. He put that on the club Facebook site. Yeah. So, so he we also put it on Instagram. I say we. It also went onto Instagram. What I want to do That's is the young to, people that is to bring. I want to get Neo more involved and and get him to to do it up for us for YouTube and put some put some titles on it 
put a bit of um, logoage and all that sort of thing because Neo does all that sort of stuff. And I think I don't think we're I don't think we're making good enough use of his skills because I'm old. I'm old. I'm you know I'm, and Neo people like Neo are the future. We need people like Neo to to be the future of the of the media operation. He's young, he's enthusiastic. He knows that he knows the drill for putting these things out there on YouTube and Instagram. And so we need to make more use of people like that. But it's just a, you know, it's just it's just I'm the I'm the one with Adam's help. I'm the one who's gonna have to drive it. But I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Because I enjoyed it, the PA box. I enjoy I've enjoyed making that a bit more of a thing. So I'm happy doing it really. It I, feels like a. If you see me, if you see me flapping around on the edge of Teo's celebration on Saturday, I recommend the face watch video again on Facebook and see me hopelessly try to get involved in the celebration. Yeah, you need. It, to, you'll realise you why I'm better on the other side. You need to be more I'm assertive. I'm better on the Andy. other side of the glass. I'm not a natural football fan. I'm better <laughs> on the other side of the glass. Absolutely hopeless failed high five, and uh, you know. You'll see where I'm best suited. If you watch that video back, it's quite funny. <laughs> Middle-class guy tries to get involved in goal celebration and fails. <laughs> well, anyway, well, uh, Kev, thoughts on Hastings? Well, like you say, um, we've had a good start to the season. I, I mean, I, I'm very pleased that Aggie's back because, uh, I mean, you know, without overanalyzing it, I think it, it's clearly very, very popular with the fans. And I think that's what the the fans wanted to see. And I think that with everything else that's gone on with the club behind the scenes, um, we wanted to try and get away from that. I've, I've felt very strongly, particularly, you know, as someone who's, who's kind of on her, her Facebook all the time looking at what's said um, and all, all the uh, all the controversy that's gone on recently. Um, I think, uh, you know, we do need to look at uh, what's going on on the pitch. And uh, and I think Aggie's delivering and, and, uh, and he's very popular. It's also very early in the season. We have had a purple patch. Things are getting better. It, it is early in the season. And I see no reason why we can't make the playoffs, frankly. Right. Very good positive talk. Uh, Leon? Yeah, I um, can't really comment too much on the on the games. I can only go by what I saw on YouTube and what, what's been shared on social media. But it's, it's nice to see us stop letting in silly goals that, that, we, were, that we were letting in. When, when Barnsley was, was still with us, um, looking, you know, going forward, we look, we looked good. Obviously, we got a bit lucky on on Saturday against against Hashtag. They're probably kicking themselves that they lost that game, but you know, that's that's, that's football, isn't it? You, you you need the rubber the green at times, but it's, it's it's just good to have a team full of lads that want to play for Hastings, you know, that are willing to to work hard, and you know, even if you're not the best team out there as as a fan, that's all you. All you want to see in it is, is 11, 11 guys just giving their will. Um, but yeah, no, please, Aggie's back. He's obviously, a, you know, I think he's a very good coach. Uh, he's obviously a good, good, good person. Um, you know, I, I was pleased to see him back. Obviously, it was a bit of sort of off, I feel a bit sort of unfair criticism. A few comments floating about when he was reappointed about his playing style. But I think a few of us saw that saw that um, screenshot I took at put up of that league table and we, we should have got we should have been promoted for, for COVID weren't we we were the third top scorers in the league best defensive record so you know it's not bad for for you know a coach who apparently just tells his team to play to play sideways but no we're you know we're obviously going to come come go through you know difficult patches but it's you know I'm, I've, got, I've got all faith in Aggie that will that will rebuild a you know a good good strong side well just just to touch on that I think that you know I think 
really helped Aggie to not have that selection dilemma of Dom Vos, uh, Bailey Atkhurst or uh, the mighty uh, TCL at, at a club before he came in. So I think if he'd have, you know, just, just saying. Sorry, um, Ian, would you like to say anything about Hastings? Uh well, it's funny the th- the playing style thing because because I haven't been to any of the last three games because they've all, they've all been away. So you kind of watch the highlights on YouTube. Um, and uh, as far as I can see, what's happened is that Aggie's gone away uh, and he's joined the school of Tony Pulis, and it's all about launching it into the mixer <laughs> and and seeing what happens. Uh, that's uh, as far as I can tell. That's what's gone on. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see on Saturday whether we're yeah. Whether we're, we're we're launching it to the big fella up front, or or whether we're reverting back to to what we'd expect, but no, it's it's all been really positive. I think the lineups are really positive. You know, it's great seeing young players back in the squad again. I think you know the the things that that Chris has said about yeah putting David up front and saying you you know you're the man, you're the you're the centre forward. All of that's great. Um, uh, I'm sort of hoping we can get Adam Lovett back to his best by put, giving him the responsibility as well. It's, it all seems very positive. Obviously, it, you know, it's early days and there'll be some bumps, but um, it all feels it all feels really good. And, I, you know, I'm looking forward to the next couple of home games to see what we can do in those. Mm. I mean, uh, one of the things, well, it's always been mentioned, is the application, you know, mm. has been just vastly improved. And, and Well, he was, he was very clear about that when he took over the first time that, you know, the team was going to work hard. And uh, it just makes a massive difference, doesn't it? You can see it when it happens. Yeah. As I said, I think a few. I think it was very handy that a few players left. I mean, I don't think they would have made the team, but like, I think that that was one of our problems. Was that? Yeah. Anyway, let's not go there. Simon, uh, Simon, um, you see that Tyler Christian Laura signed for Hornchurch. Mm. Good luck to him, mate. <laughs> yeah, watch Hornchurch he's, now, mate. He's gone, he's gone to Hornchurch. Yeah, I mean, I can only go on what I was reading and seeing on Facebook and whatnot about the, the players that came in in the summer. Uh, and I could see that he wasn't uh, particularly highly thought of by a lot of people. But but going back to Chris, um, I remember when he first, his first spell, he did interviews on um, Twitter, and they were re- and they were really good. And th- these would go on for 10, 15 minutes sometimes. And uh, I remember his first one was after we'd had a bizarre game at Molesey where we lost four three, and one of those just one of those weird afternoons. And I thought, oh, this guy's all right, he, and. And he, once he got his feet under the desk, he was doing—he he was doing all right. And I'm very pleased to see him back. Um, I suspect everybody would have been absolutely chuffed to bits if Gary had come back, but yep. more than happy to have Chris back. Um, on the subject of Adam Lovett, um, there was a smaller, short interview with him on YouTube a day or two ago with with, with a hashtag guy because I think he had some connections with hashtag earlier in his career. And he, he clearly knew the guy who was interviewing him went on for four or five minutes, and it was it was a it was a good little clip. So yeah, the, 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 yeah, they're, these they're a really interesting, stuff. really interesting. He played at their academy, I believe, Simon. Yeah, that's right. That's um, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a great example. They're a media outlet looking for a football team. Or a well, of course <laughs> they are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, it's all it's YouTube United, isn't it, or whatever. Or exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're the other we're the other end of the scale at the moment, but yeah, they're they're a, they had cameras all around the ground and all all kinds of stuff. So um, so yeah, I, I'm not still find the concept of the club in the context of that media setup quite a quite an interesting 
business. I'm not. I do wonder where it's going to go. What do we actually? Um, all, all, all the other, obviously we got a lot of other clubs fans here. What do we think of the whole idea of hashtag? You know, I, I think it's a. I don't like it. That it's not a proper club in my eyes. What do What do you guys yeah. think? I Rob? think they're just playing on. Um, obviously, you got SC Dons are probably one of the best nine YouTube teams. You got uh, is it Bates? Batesy Scott? I don't, don't know. Some I of these. don't know these teams. But yeah, no. Obviously, seen how popular they are. You know, I'm probably thought, oh, we'll have a we'll have a bit of that. But it it works well as as a Sunday league team. You know, getting your average your average Sunday league game. I think SE Don's probably get like maybe like a hundred there watching. But when you start getting into semi pro football, it's how 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 I don't know. Obviously, it's it's funded a lot by by you know the YouTube revenue. I'm not yeah too knowledgeable on you know how YouTube how, works. How but... does it work with with you know? I mean, with SC Don's, have they got their own ground? Because uh, hashtag sure. share, ground share, don't they? Yeah, I, th- mm. I think they were. I think SC Don's were looking at. Um, because I think Cray, Cray Wanderers, they're building the supposed to be building a new ground, aren't they? Because they're still sharing with Bromley. I think Cray Wanderers are having a new ground. And I'm, I'm sure I read somewhere that Bessie Dons are going to play there because they're all based in that part of London. Aren't they? They've probably all played yeah, for. When, when, you know, you, you, you'd think that, like, you know, I mean, when, when we had to ground share, when we when the idiot that went to Dover took our ground down, it was awful having to sh- do ground sharing. It just didn't feel right. So how do they. I don't know. It's just. I don't, I don't get the concept of, you know, this This is our club, this is our home sort of thing. And yeah, I'm with you on that one, Terry. I don't know, yeah, it's, it's just a, an yeah. odd concept yeah. to me. I'm, I'm not too, I only like a part, a part of like, I occasionally watch like these YouTube teams. The one YouTube team I liked were partners and they, I think they gave up a couple of years ago. But Essie Dons, yeah, I'm not that I, I knew Essie really. Dons because um, Mon- Montel Adjaman used, used to play with, or played with them for for a bit and they, they came yeah. down to the charity match for his, when he, broke his leg it's like a so I, I i knew of them through montel but yeah it's just the concept's just a bit odd well i think th- it feels better to me than the 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 alternative like the wrexham scenario where you just sort of mm. take an existing club and turn it into a bit of a circus yeah at least at least it's your own circus that you've invented or or well, you know the kind of crawly situation where you you get a, you know some bitcoin um entrepreneurs taking it over and just dragging it down kind of thing Mm. So at least it's at least it's something that you've created well, it's about, and it's an interesting thing isn't it because um clubs where a club's going to be created now because obviously it was the local a sports club would have come out of the local a pub or a coal mine or mm. some sort of factory mm. or Factories, some sort yeah. of society so so what are the modern organizations that are gonna we don't have so many factories we don't have any coal mines we don't have all those working men's clubs so much that are going to create sports teams. So you do wonder what is going to create sports teams in the future, and is it going to be stuff like this? So basically, so, so, what, you're, what, what you're saying, Andy, is that YouTube is the the coal mine of now. Is that what you're saying? So we well, are yeah, we I are mean, the working men of now. Is that what we're? Well, if you think if you think about some things like YouTube and Twitter or X or or Meta, um, the factories. This is gonna. Go, I'm gonna go go weird here, but the fact the modern day factories are all the people who are sat at home or in a booth somewhere moderating that or coding it or or yeah. whatever they're doing. So that's the modern factory. You said we the aren't call high center, mate. Yeah, the call center is the modern factory. The moderation unit is the modern factory. The so this, this is the podcast modern... is the is the coal face of football. Yeah, or something. And so so 
So it's industries, (laughs) it's industries and clubs and societies that create sports teams, isn't it? So it's interesting as to what's going to create those sports teams. That's the point, isn't it? In the future. It was like the the social side of the factories became Mm. the football teams. Exactly. And now it's the the football teams are coming from the social side of social media. of e of yeah e commerce or whatever yeah. yeah you'll get Amazon. Well, how long before Amazon owns a football team in the way that a, um the UAE does or Qatar does, for example? Mm. Well, they'll just buy their own league, won't they? They'll there's something yes. like Amazon because they've got the resources. <laughs> but what yeah. what what I find interesting is the background of some of these clubs, and we we used to play one in in, in Isthmian Southeast VCD Athletic. Yeah, a little, little bit of research into that. And it's Vickers Cray Dartford. And Vickers, yeah. of course, Vickers Factory. very well-known British engineering uh, outfit. And mm. up, in, up, in the nor- up in the Northern League, you have a look around some of those divisions up there. And there's, uh, there's still an awful lot of coal mine coal mine mm. teams there. Like oh, Cray, Cray Valley Paper Mills. Yeah, Cray Valley Paper Mills. There's another one. Yeah, and and we and look at the one we the outfit we used to play, Stamco. That was a works team, wasn't it? Sussex Turning and Moulding Company, Stamco, and then they, they had a little flirt with the Southern League Premier, didn't they? And we all know what happened to them. But <laughs> yeah, the, these works teams is interesting. But hashtag right now, as far as where they play is concerned, well, they've only been around five minutes, so they, they probably won't even notice it. It's just another. It's just another place to play their home games. Yeah, and it was interesting for those of us that had been there for the Bowers and Pitsy game. How. Suddenly, things have been branded up. There are a few stickers have been put on, sort of yeah. hashtag type stickers have been put over the top of things that would have been Bowers and Pitsy things. So they've obviously got it all sort of, they've got a little kit they must wheel out just to rebrand the stadium yeah, as yeah. best they can Rest the for those set. games. That's the, the, mm. the, yeah. yeah. I think, I think they have to be a bit careful about. Uh, you know, uh, identity and loyalty. I mean, look, I'm sitting. I was going to say about about Craig Valley Paper Mills as well, actually. But I mean, you know, here were we, Hastings United. You know, a seaside town um, with a very uh, big history as a sink port, and our logo's a bloody lion. <laughs> mm. Well, <laughs> don't go there, Kev. Oh, I want to. I want to. And <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 for some sort of fan entity to reappear and make a, a push for that one. I think Kev slowly, slowly catchy monkey on that one. In in all seriousness, I mean a lot of a lot of clubs, as you say, you know, go like Arsenal. Uh, um, a lot of those clubs actually came from works as well. Yeah, the Royal Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they, that's they, the they, thing. Where are, yeah, where will the clubs and those clubs of the successful ones and. And as Simon said, even down in the lower leagues, there are clubs everywhere that have come from those sort of um those sort of entities. So yeah, the we new clubs have got to come from somewhere to make it sustainable. Rob, you've been very quiet in that corner, mate. You, you, you want to mention anything about this bloody hashtag or not? No, I was just listening, mate. Um, well, yeah. Um, like I say I think there's a place for in. You know, there's obviously a place for in football. They've done, they've done well to get promoted, and have, they've had a lot of relative success, haven't they? And come out of nowhere, so. But um, it's it's for it's for the kids really. Like my my son, he knows who hashtag United. I knows what their kit looks like. He, he might not know, you know, he might know drawers to or whatever, but he mm. knows who hashtag United are. And they're 
you know, it won't be long, for example, they'll be in a computer game or something like that. You know, like Wrexham were in a non-league, but they were in a computer game with like, you know, Barcelona's and things like that because this is like the way of the world. It's like they're big on social media. They're a, a social media internet invention. And that's that's the way that's the way the world is now. Don't, we're dinosaurs, you know, not, aren't we, Rob? Me. We're dinosaurs, yeah, mate. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's like, you know, that's technology and technology's getting into everything now. Like literally everything. I was just totally separate issue, but with the VAR and all that, I just it just to me it's just I I absolutely despise it, you know. And uh but kids they think technology goes hand in hand with normal life. And again, I'm talking down the phone to um in my garage, so mm. you know, on, on a video. So, you know, it, you can't escape it, can you? And um yeah, they're not gonna go anywhere. I, I think they all what happen is they'll get promoted and they'll probably get a bit of a ceiling, but um yeah, but they'll have to get their own ground eventually to generate revenue. And um, they, apparently, they make a lot of money selling kits like all around the world. So yeah, right. they've probably got a much bigger budget than any of us. You know, even potentially. What, even Dave Smith's you know, money. Even Dave Smith's money. Yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. Well, they could they could definitely afford Dave Smith. I imagine. It's just yeah. um, I, I don't know if they went on a big spending spree hashtag in the summer. Whether they. I don't, I know, I don't notice them doing like a horn church and nicking everyone's good players. You're like, mm. horn church had loads of ours, you know. So maybe that's to come from them. Uh, thanks for coming on. Guys and girls, sorry. Apologies, Terry. Um, um, I'm an ordinary bloke. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Okay. That's you're, it, because you're cancelled. Your pronouns for this podcast, what will they be for next time? Honorary bloke. It's that. It's yeah, that oh, oh, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> was, oh, was your Wasn't worse. There's, there's some Margate violence happening towards you, I reckon. Um, oh, yeah. Bring it on. Bring it on, Terry. Bring it on. What have I done? Right. <laughs> Thanks very much to Andy, Simon, Terry, Stan. Listen to his podcast, Lewis Clammer. Thank you. Kev Towner, Ian Grant, Leon, and the lovely Rob in Folkestone. Thank you, and see you at the game. See you guys. See you at the game. Cheers, all. Ready. Thank you, Chris. Well, that's it for another episode, SBTS fans. If you want to get in contact with this podcast, the email is humcpod at gmail.com. The Twitter, which is sbtspod. Otherwise, go to the YouTube. Over three and a half years of content on there. There's so many other ways to listen. However you get your podcast, we're on all platforms. Or go to the link tree, which is SBTS Podcast, uh, and subscribe. It's all free. Remember, get yourselves to a game and support local football, whoever and wherever you're watching. And apart from that, see you at the game. <laughs>